we made over 20 grand that first week, man. And because we were stealing the weed and not buying it, it was all profit. But if we were gonna save Kenny, we had to deliver full time. Scarface quit his job. Still waiting on that heifer, Julio. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Dying times here. Woo! If I had a million dollars, I'd just be like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I live in Australia now. I don't need this horse shit. I'm, I'm disgusted with the guy running the country and the way the country works. And uh, I just leave. I'll see you later. <laughs> I mean, the fuckers out there pardoning that, that fucking, that, that sheriff in Arizona that is so fucking wretched of a human being that I, the guy who doesn't pay any attention to this shit, knows who the guy is. I, you know what, honestly, I, anymore, I'm really not paying attention. I'm literally not paying attention to anything. It's, it, it's, it fucking sucks, dude. I, it, I, hey, I know, and I'm at that point, I'm just like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. Yes. I'm not paying attention to whatever's going on there. I don't pay attention to anybody's posts about pro-Trump or against Trump on Facebook. Yeah. I just don't, I don't care. Well, speaking of Facebook, I am friends with Addison Bink now, and I've been watching his stuff, and it's great. 
Yeah, see, I told you. I love I, that guy. Yeah, I, he's awesome. That's why I clued him in on when El Jefe, the head of Sci-Fi Channel, I told him we us. were going to give him Sci-Fi Channel. He was just going to own it. <laughs> just run the son of a bitch. But yeah, he should be at Wasteland, too. Okay, anyway, I don't know what episode this is, but... Oh. But, uh... Okay. Did you die? No, I'm just reading this question. Sorry, I'm reading this question. You got a weird question. Uh, Just a question popped up from Nano. He mentioned a movie that I have never heard of. But what we'll, movie is that? Uh, we'll talk about it later on, okay. on the uh, fucking questions. But hey, uh, welcome to the next episode. I have no idea what fucking number episode. Two forty one. Something I don't know. Sure, we'll go with two forty one for today. <laughs> anyway, Toby Hooper is dead. Yes. And that. What do you think about that? I it's. I'm not bummed. I, I mean, he, uh, no, I, it, that's the weird part. Yeah, I think an, he was an old guy, and you know, well, I, he wasn't that old. He's, but he's at that age. He's seventy-four, but that's old. It's like one of those things. This isn't like I don't know. It's not like it was like I woke up and that was the first thing I seen. I was like, oh, really? Wow, <laughs> you know, it's just like okay, and it just this is the dude that made Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh-huh. and I'm like, I don't know how to really feel about that. I, I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you mean that he? I don't understand. Just I just like how I. It's not right for me. It wasn't Roddy Piper. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had a lot more to say when Wes Craven died. It just Toby Hooper. I'm just like, oh, I've okay. come, I've come in the past ten years to love Toby Hooper more than I did a long time ago because I've I've said before I'm not the biggest fan of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I I love horror movies they're my favorite thing in the world um, but like some horror I have to have just a like the slightest shred of comedy in the horror to mm-hmm. kind of offset it. In Texas Chainsaw Massacre, zero fucking comedy in that movie. No, it isn't, but there was never supposed to be any. I know, and I think that's why I don't like it that much. Yeah, I will always back him on. That movie is brilliant Mm -hmm. and beautiful and just awesome. And the sad part is he kind of did The Devil's Rejects without doing The Devil's Rejects, kind of like... Okay, I'm going to do a 180 with the guys. Instead of it being completely serious, we're going to do a comedy in part right, two. That, that's why I think the second one is just one of the most bonkers, imaginative, insane, disgusting movies of all time. And I think it just, that is, a, it's the Evil Dead fucking, you know, effect going on. Like the first one's real serious and then. The second one, they just turn it on its fucking head, and I love yeah. the second one way much, way more than the first one. Yeah, but also too, I think, and this I goes into your argument too. that how much you like too, and I think you said you seen the second one first. I did. I ruined. I I think I've ruined myself on watch. You couldn't well, get the original the, around here. The you other, could get the second one, and that was the it. other thing was though too. It been. 
12, 13 years in between movies. Yeah. We're talking basically a generation had passed and you're reintroducing these characters and not in the way that maybe some people remembered to begin with. But this was like all of a sudden, if you don't put that two next to it, I think a lot of people think like this is like something new to them. Just because there was that many people really getting into horror movies at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's such a departure from the first one. Where the first one is just... Once it gets going, it has just like this dramatic beginning and just really laying down, you know, a bit of a weird plot, you know, 70s style. It just, you know, all the movies, Last House on the Left, uh, Spit on Your Grave, they all did this. And it was just Texas Chainsaw Massacre does not let up to the very last second Uh where literally she is crying and laughing at the same time in the back of the truck. Yeah. And also, I can't stand Franklin in that fucking movie. Well, I think that's the point. I know. Good job. I just, that, I would not want that fucking guy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that was the point. Make the handicapped guy the most annoying part of the entire film. Make you. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. You succeeded. But I wanted to run through his, through his uh, filmography here because I have. Ever since I watched The Fun House, like, that, that's a brilliant fucking movie. And I go back and, like, I, I wanted to run through his IMDb credits here because he has absolute fucking legendary movies. Such as, mm-hmm. you know, it starts with The Chainsaw Massacre. Eaten Alive is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, really early Robert England. And that guy that plays, the guy that runs that hotel is creepy as shit. Yeah. Um, you like Salem's Lot a lot more than I do. I think it's pretty good. I think, I think Toby Hooper may, may have made the only Stephen King movie that is like worthy of people that are fans of the books and always bitch about the movies. I don't know. I can't. I have not. I've read a lot of them, but I haven't read Salem's Lot. Dark Half, yeah, but. Uh, Salem's Lot, yeah, more than people give it credit for. Yeah. I think Salem's Lot, I like Salem's Lot more than I like The Shining with Jack, uh, Jack Ooh. Nicholson. I know you're not a big fan of that movie. No, because my big thing with that movie, it isn't the book. It isn't what it is. That's, and if yeah. you take Jack Nicholson out of it, no one fucking cares. <laughs> And that's the biggest mistake, because the sad part is they did remake the movie later on in, like, uh, the early 2000s, I think it was, with Steven Weber from Wings, and that was more of the book, and people fucking started hating on that. Um, That one's not that bad. I'm not saying it's good good, or bad. It goes into my argument. Do you like The Shining because it's a Stephen King movie, or did you like The Shining because of Jack Nicholson? I, th- I like The Shining because of Stanley Kubrick, and it's a beautifully shot fucking movie. Thank you. <laughs> but my son gave me a coloring book. Well, awesome! <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Like, The Fun House, that's an all-time fucking classic. Which one? The Fun House. Yes. That's a, a early on in the slasher genre that... 
people tend to forget about, but it's also it, it's really cool because it's not just your typical slasher. If you sit there and watch it, it's kind of like a monster movie mm-hmm. that is a slasher. And it's got one of the coolest haunted houses I've ever fucking seen in my life. <laughs> um, Poltergeist, whether you want to say he directed it or not, that movie is fucking timeless and brilliant, and and I still think scary as shit. Uh, I think it was, it, I think it caught uh, Americans at the right time too. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was a great idea. Um, he did the uh, Billy Idol video for Dancing with Myself, which is weird. I did not know that. <laughs> but this is where I think he makes the three greatest movies that he ever made. First, you got Life Force, which is a mess of a movie. Yeah, you have to it's whether an amazing you mess. Yeah, whether you enjoy it or not. That is the possibly one of the bigger messes of horror movies of all time. It's bonkers and out of control. I literally think every podcast I've ever listened to that goes on for a while covers Life Force, except we haven't. <laughs> but that is a bonkers ass movie. Invaders from Mars, which we covered, I love it. It's one of the best remakes, I think. It's got some cool fucking creatures. Just mm-hmm. that, and then I think he he fucking climaxes at Chainsaw Massacre too. I think that's the one thing I will say. I will point to that being his, his my favorite of all of his work. Texas but, Chainsaw too. Yeah, in the '86. Anyway, um, in 1987, he does an episode of Amazing Stories that features Weird Al judging a Miss Universe contest where all a, all the aliens and all life forms and shit come together for this beauty contest hosted by Weird Al, and the winner is a lady with a cabbage for a head. If you can <laughs> believe that, that exists. Um, he does Freddy's Nightmares. He does arguably yeah. the only decent episode of that show. It's the origin yeah. of Freddy. You're, you're right on that. You're yeah. right on At Freddy's Nightmares is just like, I knew that was bad when I was a fucking kid. Well, we document, we yeah. talked about that a while back and got into all that about Freddy's nightmares. But yeah, it, it just, it, it started off like a great idea, but based... kept, if you list, if you watch that Elm Street documentary, they just like, yeah, they started with a great idea. Then they just take money and like all the money just got taken from them. Every yeah. episode, they just had less to work with and, but you know, a lot of good, sh- a lot of good actors came through there. A lot of good mm-hmm. directors came through there. It's just, if you want to watch Freddy's Nightmares, like, go ahead. But just know they're pretty much all goddamn terrible. Yeah, and Robert England's just showing up for a thirty-second promo, basically. He's, he's the best part of the show. Yeah, he's just showing up for thirty seconds and moving. Yeah, he does a couple more movies that I've never heard of. I'm Dangerous Tonight, which was a TV movie, and. Haunted Lives, True Ghost Stories, which is a TV miniseries documentary, where he did one episode. I don't know what the fuck that is. Then he does an episode of Tales from the Crypt called Dead Weight, and I don't remember that one. He does Night Terrors. He does Body Bag, which is awesome. Night Terrors I had on VH that I sold. It's just, oh, that is terrible. Yeah. Um, he does... Uh, oh, I skipped one. Um, he, I've heard... I've, I've wanted to see this because it's Brad Dorf, but mm-hmm. I've heard it's terrible. It's spontaneous combustion. Yeah, I remember it being very boring. I remember having it, it was delayed, 
I remember reading about this in Fango as a teenager and it being delayed and everything else. And it was even under a different title. And by time it got out, uh, another mess of a horror movie that was like it was supposed to be in the theaters. Then it wasn't. It seems like that that kind of thing happened to him a lot. Yeah, in Spontaneous Combustion, I can't remember the other title of it, but yeah, this was like, there. Were, I remember there'd be posters of this out at different places, and it just, you would never see the movie. I think it was like made in 88 and got shelved or something like that. It said it came out in 1990. Um, yeah. He does Body Bags with Carpenter, he does the, the segment The Eye with Mark Hamill, which is pretty decent. Um, yeah. Then he hits one out of the park. He takes a two-year layoff. He calls up Robert England and he says, "Let's make the Mangler." <laughs> I oh, love the, the Mangler. Laundry machine, dude. There was a part of Stephen King's career where he was all about like machinery gone crazy, <laughs> and it didn't matter <laughs> what kind of machinery, trucks. Yeah, let's make them go fucking nuts. Uh, big cotton mills. Yeah, yep. let's do that. And then, uh, yeah, big industrial laundry machines. But yep. Robert England is great in that movie. If you haven't seen The Mangler, watch it because it's fucking awesome. Uh, and it is the movie that, oh, God, Buffalo Bill, the guy who plays Buffalo Bill in Science of the Land. Ted Levine. Yeah, it's what he does. Watch it in the context of this is what Ted Levine does after Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> and you're like, what? You couldn't have got like, a, like you're great. You couldn't have got a better movie, but no. And he's decent in it. The Mangler is fun, a fun-ass movie. And also watch Mangler 2 because mm. Reggie Bannister is in it. <laughs> I've seen that one where Reggie it's Bannister is horrible. breaking into a house. It is fucking terrible. Have you seen the third one with Lance Henriksen? No, there's a Mangler 3. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think it's called The Reborn. I thought Mangler 2 was called like The Rebirth or something. I don't know. <laughs> just, just, just to know that there's two sequels to that movie. We are investigating as we speak. <laughs> oh, man. The Mangler. Yeah. Oh, you're right, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Good God. Anyway. Um, yeah, after the Mangler, then he does a lot of uh, stuff that I've only heard of. Nowhere Man, which is a TV series, Dark Skies, Perversions of Science, Prey. And this is the one, Dano sent me a, a question right before we started. He does a TV movie called The Apartment Complex. Never heard of it. 1999. And Dano says something about, you know, I dare you to make, make it 15 minutes into The Apartment Complex. No thanks. I don't know what this is, but I will check it out. I don't know. He does a movie called Crocodile. He does a movie Crocodile called, was awesome. Uh, from 2002 or 2000? Yeah, I did. Crocodile was like one of those movies you felt like a video store pooped out by accident. <laughs> it like just showed up <laughs> in the early days of when sci-fi was going animal crazy. Yeah. Crocodile was a staple. It used to play with Alligator 1 on Sci-Fi Channel. Nice. Like, when they wouldn't do a new movie, like on a Saturday night, it'd be Crocodile and Alligator. Yeah. And Crocodile, I, you know what, I would not be surprised if that's the movie that inspired for, like, all those movies like King Cobra. Oh, shit. And 
Python. I think they were all made around that same time. You mean King Cobra with Pat Morita? <laughs> yes. Yes, with Pat Morita. We need to see that. Uh, it does a Shadow Realm, a TV show. does a couple episodes of a TV show called Night Visions, a couple episodes called, of a show called Taken. Yeah, it was us. It's a sci-fi. It was a. I remember uh, Taken. My mom really liked that show. Yeah, again, another Spielberg Spielberg joint. Yeah. Yeah, that he was with. Um, Then he does a remake of the Toolbox Murders with Sherry Moon Zombie. No, it wasn't Sherry Moon Zombie. It wasn't. No, that was Angela Bettis. That's what I meant. That yeah. (laughs) Yeah, same person. (laughs) I've never seen it. I've never seen the original Toolbox Murders. Oh, good. Uh, very gritty. Yeah, low budget. If you like late seventies, it's like in the same like thriller killer. I spit on your grave. Just it's a gritty kind of just death wish two kind of like it's just it fits right in with that seventies exploitation film genre there. And uh, then he does a movie called Mortuary, which I've heard a lot of people make fun of, but I kind of I liked it when I saw it. I've never yeah, but back. I was gonna say going back to the Toolbox Murders, the remake, it's actually nothing like the original. This like uh, this one has like where a girl basically lives in a hotel and. <laughs> Maniacs just like killing people left and right through a hotel. The fucking Kane shows up. Ah, uh, no, not oh. no, no one from See No Evil. Damn it! I need to go back and watch. That's a fucking. But Toolbox idea. Murderers, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, then he he does a couple Masters of Horror episodes. Yep. Uh, which were pretty. All of those, that Masters of Horror series, they were all. There wasn't a bad uh, like a really bad episode you got first really, season you got, was perfect yes yeah. second season ah they had its issues but you never got one that really sucked there were there were all like garris's chocolate uh, yeah but Thanks. you know i guess you have to swallow that bitter pill because he created that series yeah it, so, it just i'm always of i have a soft uh, spot for mick garris yeah i i just i've I won't say I hate him as much as I used to. I just think he is better at putting productions together than being behind the camera, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's where he came from. He did publicity for, like, The Thing and The Fly and all those old movies. I just, yeah, he seems like when he is not behind the camera, I think the movies are much better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's got his own podcast, and it's really good. I have a soft spot for Mitt Garris. Um, and Sleepwalkers. I have a real soft spot for Sleepwalkers. I, I, hey, I've seen Sleepwalkers twice in the theater. I, I love too. That <laughs> love that movie. Yeah, and then the last thing he does is a movie called Gin, which yep. you've probably seen. I never saw it. I have not seen it, but I know I can now. I have found it. Well, there you go. Toby Hooper. You never got out of your genre, but you seemed like a guy who didn't give a shit, who didn't want to get out of his genre. You made some all-time fucking classics. Good job, sir. R.I.P. Anyway, moving on. What did you watch this week, sir? Well, let me go. I only watched two things. Okay. One real... One... uh, I watched... Uh Uh-oh, my phone won't fucking turn on. Come here, phone. Okay. My phone's fucking... Stephen King has possessed my phone, Tim. It's gonna attack (laughs) me. 
He's going to write a book about it. Well, turn on. What the fuck is this? Anyway, I know what I watched. I don't need a phone to tell me. Um, I watched Dave Made a Maze. Have you? This has been going around Facebook and, nope. and shit. It seems like this, if the Austin South by Southwest Festival could conjure a fucking movie, I believe Dave Made a Maze would be it because it, it it's... Now I have a list of three movies that are terrible, but I would recommend everyone watch them because the production value and the sets are so amazing. Uh, this movie's going to go right up there with the haunting remake. You should watch that movie because the sets are unbelievable. And 13 the movie Ghost. sucks. Yeah, the movie sucks. <laughs> 13 Ghosts, I like. I know a lot of people hate it, the remake. But the sets of that movie are fucking unbelievable. Yeah, and you know what? And ever since we had that conversation about it, I look at that movie just a little bit different. I still hate the movie. I, I never have hated it. It's but I, I, yeah, I think it's horrible, but I agree with what you say about that. It looks unbelievable. And now I'm going to add Dave Made a Maze to that because this is a movie um, made out of cardboard. Everything in this fucking movie is made out of goddamn cardboard, and it's really crazy because uh, a la- a first, first thing that happens is a guy is like, Doing a testimonial on video, acting, telling, you know, oh, I'm sorry all these people died. And then it flashes, flash backwards to his girlfriend coming home to the apartment, and there's this, like, big cardboard box contraption-looking house thing in the middle of it, and she hears him inside. Uh, it, excuse me. Yeah, that's what I thought about the movie. Oh, yeah. my. <laughs> Great premise. And it's like, hey, don't come in here. And then I- I'm trapped don't come in here. I've made a maze out of the cardboard and I can't get out. And it's like, she, like she's, she doesn't know what's going on, but then she throws a fucking party and all of her hipster friends show up. And one of her hipster friends is a documentarian. And they're like, well, we need to rescue Dave out of this maze. That's in the middle of my fucking apartment. (laughs) So they go in and it's like this, you know, it's little on the outside, huge on the inside. All the sets are made out of cardboard. Everything is made out of paper and cardboard. And it's it's really kind of fucking unbelievable. And the shit that they go through, there's a minotaur running around in the maze that's hunting them. And they go into rooms with giant faces on the wall that are like animatronic cardboard monsters that burp fucking paper. <laughs> and I don't want to watch this just because. It, yeah, it's got like origami swan attacks. Like... They attack people, and they have... It's like, what if there's also traps, a la saw, made out of, like, cardboard things? Like, cardboard buzzsaws will come out of the wall, and when they kill people, it's like red confetti and construction paper guts fly everywhere. It's kind of funny, but it, it wears out its welcome real fucking quick. There's one scene where they go in another room, and they fall down this pipe, like Mario Brothers or something, and when they hit the bottom, they're all, like brown paper bag puppet people version of themselves. And uh, I was like, that's really neat. But you know what? This is way too hipster for me because all the characters in this movie, in this, they're all fucking just like millennial hipster assholes. I didn't give a fuck about. Didn't care. Didn't care. But God damn it. It was imaginative. I will give it credit where credit is due. So that's Dave made a maze and on next 
I saw this year's Green Room, Tim. Oh, okay. I saw a movie that was intense as shit, and that movie is called Shot Caller. And it stars. Have you seen that? Have you heard of it? I've heard. I've seen people talk about this movie. It is fucking. It's harsh. It is harsh as shit. It stars. Uh, I can't say this guy's name. It stars Niccolo, Nikolai Coster Window, or something. I don't know, but he's Jamie Lannister sure. from. He's Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. So he's a pretty decent actor. He was in Mama, that movie that. I, that I don't oh, okay, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Guy. Uh, yeah, brain wasn't registering. He but. he plays like a business. I, I don't ever think they say what he is, but it's told, you know, that you keep getting flashbacks of what happened to get him into prison. And one night, he uh, him and they go on a double date with their their friends. They have a couple drinks. It's a very out of the furnace type situation, they get in an accident. It's not their fault. Well, yes, it is. They run a red light. He's not super drunk, but he's he gets gets his buddy in the back seat killed. They get hit. He's got to do. I think, dude, I have breaking news, and I am oh, no. disappointed in you not bringing this up. What's that? Can you guess whose birthday is today? I don't know. I haven't been on the computer all day. Is it Stephen Machette's? No. Is it is. It, it, I'm going to give you one guess after I say something. Is it Tony, Tony, Tony? No. You talk about this guy nonstop. Leaving? No. Peter Stormare. Yay! I love Peter Stormare. Happy he's birthday, six, sir. He's 64. Wow. You can tell when that guy, like... The older that guy gets, the crazier he's going to be. I can't wait to see more of any any Peter Stormare. Love that man. He is the and best. you ready for this? <clears throat> yeah. Guess who else's birthday is today? Um, Weird Al. Paul Rubens. Uh, take oh, a, it's Pee Wee. Take a wild guess at how old this 68. dude is. 68. You are close. He is 65. He looks fucking fantastic. <laughs> that man has found the fucking temple of youth, like found a youth. He he's amazing looking for sixty five. Yep. Wow. Anyway, shot caller, yeah, I think Yeah. He gets sent to sent to prison, um he gets sued for wrongful death, and he just descends into like white the fucking I don't know if they're skinheads. It might as well be skinheads. They're like white nationalist gangs and he gets deeper in the gang and and uh Shane from Walking Dead's in this and he's really good in anything that's not the Walking Dead. I love that guy. And it is intense and harsh. He gets out of jail and he's still being controlled by this guy called the Beast, which is like the big head honcho running the fucking white skinhead gang. He's basically running all white nationalist shit in California from maximum security. And he, there's a drunk a gun deal with one of the underlings in the fucking gang, uh, found a bunch of guns and shit in Iraq and he, he sealed them up and he got them back in the country through a help of like a Blackwater security agency. 
and they're making mm-hmm. a deal with the Mexicans, and he go he ends up going back to jail. They get busted, and it's it's intense. I if you liked like this, like I said, this is green room of this year. That level of intense, and it's bright. It's it's amazingly acted. The only bad thing is, I think the main there there's some bad fake mustache work in this movie in a couple scenes. I don't know if that's a real mustache. Good job, sir. You could grow a good one, but I don't think it is. But it is highly recommended. It's going to be real high on my fucking top ten list of this year. Fucking shot caller was amazing. I won't watch it again tonight. Anyway, that's all I. Well, I did watch the Mayweather fight. I didn't. Me and Silent Brian and Josh from down the road made burritos. My friend Bubba showed up, and we watched the Mayweather fight, and it was pretty good for four dudes who didn't know shit about boxing. We were thoroughly entertained for five hours. It was a good fight, dude. Honestly, I was watching the Steeler game, which we have to have football talk, and I watched Swen Gulley after that. What did Swen Gulley have on? What was that? Murders of the Rue Morgue. Oh, that's an old one. Yeah, I like watching Swen Gulley, who's now moving to 8 p.m. in two weeks. Oh, he's moving up. He's on that MeTV, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm amazed at how many here. people are watching it, too. I'm glad that one of those guys still exists. But, yeah, man, that Mayweather fight was good. Like, the fucking Irish guy went at him for ten rounds. Bless and, you. And, and Mayweather was trying his best. He, he fucking, you don't ever fucking try to fight a boxer because they'll Bless kick your ass. You wrestle a boxer and you wrestle or you box a wrestler. Like, yeah. Uh, no, like, but you know what? Here's my thing. I... I this I did not care, mm-hmm. and part of the reason I did not care is because I already knew Maya, uh, Merriweather or whatever his fucking name is. I I knew he won. Yeah. Oh, he was gonna I, kick his ass to begin. Yeah. With. It, it was. He set it up to take your money. That's all this was was to uh-huh. take everyone's money. Yep. This was as close of a fixed match. This was almost wrestling. Was this kind of was this almost NFL? <laughs> yes, this was. But this was a, a okay. McGregor isn't allowed to do this, that, and the other thing, yeah, which no I understand. Kicking, no elbows. No. Uh, yeah. Rabbit punch into the back of the head. So all Floyd got to do, and what he's done his whole career, is just avoid and run around the ring. Floyd isn't a guy that sits there and knocks people out. He's a guy that just lets the other guy wear himself out. Well, that's the plan. That's that's what happened. He got to the – I mean, fucking McGregor looked really good, but then his legs went out from under him. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's different than MMA. Yeah. It's just boxing is – I mean, it is for the long haul there because you're doing three-minute rounds – 30 seconds in between. You're not getting like 5, 10, 15 minute breaks. No. Like MMA. This is completely different. And it's just you got to have that stamina. You got to be able to go in boxing. Because, I mean, those guys, even if you're a crappy boxer, you still, you know, got to have that cardio. you got to sure. be used to that stuff. For sure. And I, as soon as the fight was announced, it's like, yep, 
there's no point in watching this. I know who won. I, you're not going to take my money. But I knew everyone was going to watch because they're all like, I want the white guy to win. Well, you're the stupid person because he was never going to win. Nah. He's never going to have the chance. And that's why I kept laughing at the people that would like call into sports shows and stuff and talk about, well, this is how Floyd's going to go down. He ain't going down, dumbass. He wants 50-0. and 0. He wants to be it. known... He wants to be known as one of the best boxers of all time. And he isn't going to fight somebody that might actually have a chance in stopping him to get that record. And it just, it's one of those things. I will not, I, I can't say Floyd isn't one of the best boxers out there. He was just smart in his business planning, avo- avoiding opponents that he didn't need to fight. Unless he was forced to. And well, that's how he's gotten to 50, you know. I think it was all them two together and rigged. Like oh, they, yeah. They fucking, they, they knew what they were doing. I don't blame McGregor at all. No, he got I, paid just, too. Yeah, this dude was making, this dude can retire right this second. Mm-hmm. And go away. He can literally, MMA for as huge as MMA is. It cannot do the payouts like a boxing match of this caliber can. And that's the biggest difference. MMA might have taken over boxing, might be bigger than boxing. I think it's infinitely more entertaining than boxing. Yeah, but when it comes to something like this, boxing still pulls in the crazy-ass money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that is the reason why McGregor just like now he could basically call a shot when a, at MMA be like, yep, um, you need to give me this amount of money or I'm not doing anything. Well, he I think it's I think part two is going to happen. I think give it five years and Mayweather will come to the MMA. And, and that will but, even look it'll be worse. Fight McGregor. Yeah, because, you, you know, McGregor. He lost the boxing match. But, you know, flip that around, Mayweather's going to lose the MMA fight. Yeah, but Floyd doesn't have anything to prove. No, he, does. he doesn't. He, he, this, this was to make sure Floyd doesn't show up on 30 for 30 broke part two. That's what <laughs> this came down to. Good let's just, let's just say what it is and, you, you're laughing. You know what I'm talking about. I this know dude exactly what you're talking is, about. Yeah. yeah, this dude has a history. He has a past that we don't need to get into. Yeah, he kind of uh, punches women. Yeah, I mean, this dude's got lawsuits after lawsuits, spends money like it grows on trees. So, yeah, that was the other reason for this fight. And that's why I said I didn't need to watch it because if I'm going to watch a fixed fight, I'm going to watch wrestling. <laughs> It was, it, we were thoroughly entertained. That's fine. We didn't I'll, spend hey. a nickel. The magic fire stick brought it to us for free. But anyway, yeah, that we watched. We sat around and watched the fight and ate burritos. And uh, I want to talk real quick. We're going to get into this probably next weekend. It'll be out um, when we do our Game of Thrones season roundup with Joe and Dano. I, I hope Dano shows up. Said he wanted to. I'm going to invite him. I haven't done it yet, but. Last week's episode was called Beyond the Wall, and it was basically the A-Team. It was an A-Team episode. 
where all the fucking cool fighters went to snatch a White Walker, which is basically an ice an ice zombie, mm-hmm. so they could take it down to King's Landing and prove that these things exist, and then all the people will get together and fight them because they're still kind of a a, a, a fucking mystery. And it seems to be a, I love the episode, and, it, and the, the reason I bring it up is because it seems to be a dividing line where people are now kind of like, God damn it, Game of Thrones, you really shit the bed. Because mm. what happens is, like, Game of Thrones is so expertly written, it's taken six, six and a half, six and three quarter season to get this far. And, and like, people were watching it because you don't know anyone could die at any minute. Now, no one dies. Like, the most impossible shit happens, and people are living through it. And the writing was so... It was a spectacular episode, but the writing was so sloppy. I kind of, like, I love this, but I know it's a different show now. Let me ask you this. How much longer do you give this, then? Oh, it's it's got a... um, They're doing... Tonight is the season finale. Then they're walking deading it. Um, next season's going to be six episodes. I think they're going to be an hour and a half long, and that's it. Then they're done. I was going to say, because it sounds it sounds like its expiration date is hitting. Oh, they know. Yeah, they, they put an expiration date on it when it ends. They, they're not going to, you know, walking dead this, even though I don't okay, want good. to anymore. But the writing was so stupid. It was like, there's a guy. What happens is they, they go beyond the wall, which is was made to keep the walkers on the other side of the continent and it's been there so long that they've now descended into myth and all the people below it just think it's a legend. They don't believe it. It's like Bigfoot. So they go up there to snatch one. They know they're coming and the night King's up there and there's war is coming and they're trying to bring everybody together. So they snatch a white Walker and they, it starts screaming and its buddies come and they get out on a frozen lake onto a rock and then they're surrounded and the lake breaks and they're just out on the middle of this lake in a rock, and the army of the dead are surrounding them. Meanwhile, they have sent one of their buddies to run back and get word that they need help to the chick, Daenerys, who has the dragons. So they're all freezing out on the middle of this lake, and they're all complaining that they're going to die by freezing. And matter of fact, one of them does. This guy named Thoros of Mir, who can bring people back from the dead, dies because... You can't have a character like that around. They just bring everybody back, and it's not a show anymore. He freezes to death. Meanwhile, his other buddy, Beric Dondarrion, has a sword that lights on fire at will. But they're all bitching that they're going to fucking freeze to death. Meanwhile, <laughs> a dragon the dragon lady shows up, nukes the entire fucking army of the dead, and the Night King throws a fire, like an ice lance, and kills one of the three dragons. Okay, and I'm like, why didn't he just fucking throw that ice lance at the guys in the middle of the lake and fucking murder them? It's just getting real sloppy. I don't know. We'll get into it on the season roundup. I know normal show listeners don't want to hear it. Um, moving on. Uh, so you're saying that when they end it in the last episode, you find out everybody was on a plane that crash landed <laughs> seven years ago. No, I'm going to find out that it all happened in a snow globe. <laughs> yes. Uh, what'd you watch this week, sir? Okay, well, first, let's go go uh, real quick over the movies that I had, like, seen that revisited this week. I rewatched Mallrats again, still funny as all hell. 
I, I love Mallrats. That's what they've been saying for about two years now. I'm curious to see if it happens or not, uh, especially I mean, since... I think Kevin Smith tweeted out the other day that he starts filming any given date. I don't remember when it was. Okay, I, I hope it does, because I'm a big fan, and I'm hoping Shannon Doherty oh. uh, keeps battling her cancer so she's able to be in it, because she, she deserves she, to be in it. She has cancer? Oh, yeah, dude, she's... Yeah. I did not know this. Oh, yeah, she she got hit hard. Let's just put it that way. What kind of cancer? I think breast cancer, and it, oh, like... Oh, man, that's not cool. Yeah, jacked her ass up. Like, she's in for a fight of her life. So, yeah, she's been having issues with it over, I think, the past year or so. Oh, fucking news to me, man. That's terrible. Yeah, I, I want to see her in part two. She deserves to be in it. Because she was cool in the first one. I, I love Mallrats. But anyhow, the movie... And you commented on it, and Mike Watt commented on it. I decided to sit and watch it because I am now in the mood to watch the Death Race movies ever since I watched Death Race 2050. Oh, green screen the movie? Yes. It's terrible. Corman upset me that much that I went back and watched the Jason Statham Death Race movie. I love that movie. And I watched it as an action movie instead yeah. of the remake totally of death race you know death race 2000 which is one of my favorite movies love that movie so that, you know yeah yeah i absolutely love it watch this as just an action movie i have to say i actually like this the second time around i like don't, i like part two also I don't love it, but I, I I was entertained this second time around because I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, yeah, you sold, you got the paycheck on this. What the fuck are you thinking on 2050? Uh, it just, cash in is what they're thinking. It's it just, but it just, this, having 2050 and having this, it's like, okay, what abomination would I want? <laughs> and it's like, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I actually want to watch the P W S Anderson, you know, Paul W S Anderson fucking remake with Jason Statham. I like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting here saying this. There's enough. There's enough good shit in that movie to grab a hold of. You got Statham. Uh, you, oh, what's fuck? Machine Gun Joe, who plays, who's the black guy that plays him? Cause I really oh, the guy. dude from Fast and Furious, yeah, I think. And I can't ever remember his name. It's yeah. not Ludacris, it's, it's Ludacris' guy that he's always making fun of. Yeah, I, I t always forget that guy's name. Yeah. But that's the only thing I know him from. But anyhow. There's enough I, good I, shit in there for anybody to latch a hold of. Yeah, it, it's decent enough, and I, man, it just, I, it, but I want to watch the second and third one now, so. Second one's pretty decent, the third one's terrible. I don't care, it can't be any worse than 2050. No. <laughs> that movie's so, everything's so fucking green screen. I even think they probably wrote the check for Malcolm McDowell on a piece yeah, of paper. Green, green screen screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Those cars, you can tell, are doing like 20 miles an hour. Yeah. Everything just, on there is made out of foam, and they'll just fly apart if they go any faster. Yeah, it's just, it's bad. Even, like, even in the Death Race movie, the stunts they're doing, maybe the people ain't behind the wheel, the stunts they're doing is real. Mm -hmm. The stunts they were doing in Death Race 2000 was real. 
The stuff they're doing in 2050 is crap. Totally it's insulting. Crap. That it, is insulting to filmmaking in general. It's computer graphics on the level of like Tim and Eric. Yeah, like, it's they just, use it's it that. as a fucking comedic joke. And this, they're like not. It's it's so bad. But anyhow, I watched the video dead, and yeah, we are going to discuss that. Yes, we are. Uh, I did get two screeners from Synapse this week, which was a surprise. I didn't know. Damn, man. How? How did this happen, Tim? It literally went months. I hadn't gotten anything from them. I figured, oh, the well's gone dry. And then all of a sudden, my mail on, I think, Wednesday or Thursday, I get two Blu-rays. And it's just really cool stuff. The first thing was the Creep Behind the Camera documentary. I've heard of this. I want to see this. Dude, do yourself a favor and put it at the top of your list. Okay. Who? What, I don't remember. There's a couple documentaries I'm trying to This make. This is a documentary about the guy that made The Creeping Terror. Now, The Creeping Terror is one of the very first movies I ever remember watching that got me into horror movies. It is the black and white 64 film uh-huh. with the rug monster. Uh-huh. And basically, the guy behind it, Vic Savage, let's go through his names, a.k.a. A.J. Nelson, a.k.a. Arthur White. Who would have known he's a complete lunatic, woman beater, drug user? <laughs> just, dude is a complete nutcase. And it's this documentary, it's really cool. Because they reenact all the true stories about the guy with, like, it's kind of like watching the History Channel. It sounds like you're, you're dealing with a Robert Evans type dude here. Uh, oh, this dude was completely, I never even knew about this. So to me, I was like, documentary about the creeping terror? It's <laughs> just like, this is awesome. You know? and, so, and then I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> this dude's like banging two women on his couch while his wife comes out and is like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm God, get in the bedroom. <laughs> and, he's just, and like all this stuff that's going on, it's all true. Because in between the reenactments, they got the original producer, they have some of the actors, they have the cameraman, they have his first wife on, and oh my God, the stories she is telling. And this is in late 50s this is before the movie's even made he's basically a con man and the only thing he's ever done is this movie and completely disappears after the movie is made i want to see this i've looked it up it looks fucking pretty great oh dude it is ridiculously good and interesting he he hangs with Charles Manson before he's Charles Manson. I think, well, a lot, that's not, a lot of people can lay claim to that. The yeah, Halloween. but they were supposedly, like, they were shooting on a ranch where Charles Manson and all of his hippie friends were at. Oh, Spawn Lake, you mean? I believe that, yeah. They it just, it, this dude was conning people out of money. He had, like, four wives at the same time, had oh, kids shit. to all of them. It just, this, I mean, it's, oh man, it just, I, I, it, you need to watch it. It sounds great. Yeah, and what's great is 
one of the extras is how to build a rug monster. Huh? <laughs> like the movie. It's really cool. Not only is that, but they have probably the best cleaned up version of the creeping terror you could have. Which well, Yeah, that's so not cool. like some prime synapse good good on you shit. Oh yeah, and it's just great <coughs> stuff. And it's great because the creeping terror is only is only out there because the producer goes to Vic Savage's house to find him and find out he has skipped town or disappeared and finds reels of film in the garage. <laughs> I want to see this now. <laughs> it's just like it just, this movie has the greatest story behind it. Like it's just amazing. I was like, I don't even care if only half of this stuff is true. <laughs> it is just a g- really good documentary. But that was from Synapse. Um, also from Synapse, they sent me the Blu-ray of Phenomenon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Synapse got bored and gathered anything and everything for this movie. It's on the two-disc Blu-ray, and it's really cool if you're into that stuff. Does it have all the different versions of yes. that movie? Yes. Dude, it has the U.S. cut 83-minute version, mm. which is the one I have seen. I heard of the bootlegs of the 106-minute, but this even has, not only does it have the Italian 106-minute, it has the 110-minute English-Italian mix hybrid as they call it yeah it's it, yeah i was listening about this on another podcast it's kind of like an experiment yes and it works yeah it has three different versions of the film it has an audio audio commentary to the longest version of it uh it also has dario argento's world of horror like documentary good. about himself yeah um it has all kinds of different stuff in there, which is really cool. So if you're a big Argento fan, like you're gonna, you're pretty much gonna jerk off as soon as you see this. This thing got everything on it. It looks beautiful. This was my first time seeing uh, this film completely uncut. Never seen it like this. So that was a cool experience. Uh, really enjoyed the monkey with the razor blade. Donald Pleasant's talking about Swiss, uh, the Swiss Transylvania. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just really Donald cool Pleasant's stuff. talking about anything I'll watch. But yeah, that was the other thing Synapse sent me. And dude. Did, uh, you, did Synapse send you the Steelbook of Popcorn? No, they have not. Did you? But s- did, well, <laughs> get ready. Get your mailbox warmed up because now they're putting that out on Blu-ray. Okay. Well, Blu-ray see, then I might get it now. Yeah. Because when they did the steel book of steel book of demons, demons, and there was one one other one they did a steel book of, I didn't get the steel books. But when they did other things of those movies, they mashed them together. Yeah, you gave me that one. Tevra. Yeah, it's just like yeah, I've gotten that stuff. But man, I was I never been so happy to watch two Blu-ray movies in my life. Oh, I want to see this creep, dude. I'm reading about it now. It looks fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, the creep behind the camera. It's we need to have an we need to have an episode where we do a documentary show about weirdos. You could do the creep behind the camera. I'll do the one about George Lazenby being Bond, and Joe can come on and do the one about uh, the 
the nuts guy. It's just called nuts. Ah, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. It's about that, uh, oh, fuck. What was it? I forget what he was. I don't remember. But anyhow, there we go. I'm going to read it real quick. Nuts. He he was about, it was about, uh, the true story of Dr. John Romulus Brinkley, an eccentric genius who built an empire and on his goat testicle impotence cure. That's what it was. And a million watt radio station. Yeah. We need to have that, that show. Oh, um, watch the independent film, 2006 film called acid bath. Uh, I like the band. (laughs) Not the band. Just, uh, it's, Kind of like it's somebody's first independent movie, and it kind of feels like a shot on video eighty late eighties movie. Oh man, that's turning me off. Uh, well, I I enjoyed it enough. I watched it. I also watched Redemption with Jason Statham. I don't know this one. Was yeah, it in he, Statham's period where every week he put out a new movie. I believe so because this is one where he comes back from Afghanistan. He's like a homeless person in London, and he's drunk all the time. And a nun keeps helping him, and basically he falls in a, a rich actor's loft, and basically becomes that rich actor just living there, and cleans up his life, and goes back, and basically it becomes a very, very sad story of Transporter Three and a Half, because he's like helping the Chinese, and he's killing people and taking people's money and he's trying to help his nun out and he hooks up with the nun at the end of the movie. Does he spin kick anybody? Cause you've got me yes, a little disappointed that when you said he, he comes back and it's not from the dead. No, no, it just, it's like, it, it's literally like somebody decided to make a sequel to transporter, but it's just a very sad story about a man who can't find himself after Afghanistan. Oh, okay. I'm in. Yeah, I don't don't think his best movie is that safe, even though that is a complete ripoff of that Mercury Rising. True, true. Uh, That's my favorite, Statham. The other one I watched was Outside the Law, where it is Cynthia Rothrock, Stephen Machette. Woo! The dad from Wonder Years. I like that guy, too. Is Wayne in it? No, but... uh, the Asian dude James Liu is in it, who's like in every like any like kung fu movie or anybody that like needs an Asian dude that can kick ass. He like shows up. And uh, Lopan is not a- available. No, when James Hong James is Hong not available, he's yeah. doing something else. Yeah, this dude. I've seen this dude in a ton of these like direct-to-video movies. I know who he's you're like, talking about. It, yeah, yeah, he's made a career off it, so he's in this. It was okay, but it started laughing because Cynthia Rothrock buys literally the same exact truck my dad had when I was a kid, just a different color. Just busting out laughing. So five stars because it has a truck that your dad had except a different <laughs> color. Yes. Awesome. But that's what I watched. Do you want to go to questions before we do anything? Yeah, let's get to questions. I'm going to jump on Facebook Live here. And okay. see what's going on because we know, still got to have football talk too. Yeah, we'll have football talk in lieu of news because there's no news. I, I, yeah, like, well, we already went through the news. Yeah, to- Toby news Hooper Toby died. Hooper. Jump on here. Somebody's watching 2000 Maniacs. There we go. Let's flip okay. the camera around. Let's give it. Oh shit! I fucking knocked my stand over. 
Let me know when you're ready for some. Oh, it's all fucking going crazy. It's... Okay, goddamn. That was a pain in the ass. And I also believe Gary Hill's never talking to me again. Who? Gary Hill. What? <laughs> we did You've that been fired from the podcast. <laughs> we did one podcast. I've never heard of I'm going I'm I'm to send him a message and ask him if you're fired right now. So <laughs> we did one podcast. I don't even think it ever posted. I've got to find him. I'm going to <laughs> he's like he's like me, dude. It it's it takes. It, oh, that's fine. But I literally have not heard from him since the night we did the podcast. Can't find him now. Oh man. Oh, we do have one piece of news. What's okay? We'll hit it. What's the news? Have you seen? Who is dropping Demon Wind on Blu-ray? I saw Demon Wind is coming out on Blu-ray. I don't know who's doing it. Vinegar Syndrome, October 24th. And it has a 3D cover for the Blu-ray. Awesome. It's now listed at, I think, $24.97. I said Gary. uh... Oh, Gary's watching right now. I just sent you a message, sir. (laughs) <laughs> the fucking thing. Tim wants to know if he was fired from the podcast. <laughs> uh, haven't oh, heard from man. you, Gary. Yeah, can't hear him. Tim says, "Hey, uh, you oh, ready?" Let's but yeah, that. that demon wind thing. Ah, oh, vinegar just... syndrome is going to do a good job. And there's going to be a ton of shit on there. I knew I, yeah. I wanted to send you that the other day, but I got busy at work and. Yeah, I seen Pornanova posted it, so I had to grab it. And I sent it to Dan, and all I know, those guys sit behind us at Wasteland. Oh, Vinegar Syndrome does good shit, dude. Yeah, I'm hoping they might have some early copies. Vinegar That's- Syndrome does good shit. Severn does awesome shit. But you ready, sir? Oh, what? We got notification. Gary says, no, you're not fired. It's just been crazy sick and busy all summer. <laughs> so you're safe. <laughs> You don't have to turn clip in, Tim. I'm safe. Okay. I won't hear from Gary now until, like, November. Probably. (laughs) Okay. You ready? Yeah. Uh, T-Shirt Joe wants to know. I hope T-Shirt Joe's alive. Uh, Yeah, he is. I did. uh, We've emailed a couple of times. Yeah. I I emailed him Thursday and Friday to make sure. uh, Told him be safe. And he said his he said he was he said his biggest concern is the store, and well, as far as he's got two of them to watch out now for. Yeah, but the one down in Corpus Christi was where it was supposed to hit hard. Yikes! But as far as I know, I he's been posting and I believe he's doing okay and everything, so he's good. Jerry says hey. Hey, uh, T-shirt Joe wants to know if you could have taken a porn star to the prom, who would it have been? I'm taking a porn star to. I didn't go to. I, I didn't go to prom, dude. I asked Joe. I have. I have. I a, didn't a fucking, either. I have a caveat to that question. I did not go to prom. I ditched my prom date to go see Slayer. <laughs> so I, I feel bad, and I have apologized to her a bunch, and, and we're still friends. But 
I think I made the right decision. <laughs> was she like totally upset or was this just like a last minute, uh, we're friends, we're going to go? Um, uh, she was upset. She went. She was upset. Mm-hmm. I did pull up. That was an asshole maneuver on my fucking. Yeah, it is, but still, I understand. Slayer, you gotta go see Slayer, man. I, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I, I would have done the same thing. But I'm taking Belladonna to the prom. I'm with you. I, I Gianna Michaels isn't a bad choice, as nope. Ben Crawford said. I feel uh, like Gianna Michaels would get you in trouble, though. Or, uh, very or possible. Would blow like five guys in the middle of fucking yes. prom. So. If you're taking Belladonna, I'll take uh, Veruca James. I don't even know who that is. Uh, go look it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> On it. <laughs> T-shirt Joe wants to know, I constantly lose my keys, but the kids always misplace the remote. Which is the bigger annoyance? Um, this week, I'm going to go with remote because my magic fire stick, it, the remote just fucking stopped. It broke. I don't know oh. So I, I was like, oh, man. I'm going to have to fucking, like, I'm going to have to buy a new Fire Stick. It's not going to work without the fucking remote. And I tried new batteries and all that shit. So I ended up having to download the Fire, the app, for my phone. So now I control it with my phone. Oh, wow. So I'm going to go with, yeah, that's a, ooh, she's kind of hot. Hey, Veruca J, she's wearing a Ramon shirt in these, oh, she's got a Misfit shirt on. This chick's awesome. (laughs) I'm going to have to look her up later. (laughs) <laughs> enjoy um i was gonna say i don't have a problem with either of these i don't lose the remote i don't lose my keys yeah i don't lose the keys i, I keep my keys in the same place every time so you just like smarter than your kids joe yeah joe jesus Gee, yeah but anyhow i'm moving on trying to get other questions to come uh, we've got a ton of questions okay, i gotta I'm get tr- off of these pictures here okay close we're taking questions on facebook too if you guys want to write something come on facebook which by the way facebook did a dick move and it wasn't just me this week um craig earl was uh posting about um his post-production costs for intrusion 2 trying to do indiegogo for it for some reason, it wouldn't allow me to share it onto my Facebook page. Weird. It kept, it kept telling me I was abusing it. What? And I emailed Craig and posted on his page about it. And two or three other people were saying they were having the same problem, actually. Weird, dude. Uh, yeah, very weird. Uh, T-shirt Joe wants to know, what are your favorite brand of cookies? The, um... Oh, we were looking at them for at Target for them the other day, I, and I can't remember. My grandma used to have them all the fucking time. They're like old lady cookies. Old lady cookies. Well, oh, man, you had to ask. They're called old lady cookies. No, they're not called old lady cookies. They're just all old ladies have them, and uh, there's like are maybe they... a sixteen in a pack. And oh, are, are they like Pet Pepperidge Farm? No, kind of, but they're not Pepperidge Farm. Ah, I know. Are, are they like the archway? The key- archway. Arch. Oh, archway. okay. I know what brand you're talking. What kind in the archway? Because archway, just like Pepperidge Farm, has a bunch of them. Um, I don't know any kind. My grandma used to have them. They were all good. Okay. Um, my personal look. Yeah, archway is pretty good, man. The chocolate uh, chip is the king of cookies. All the other cookies can just go suck it. 
True. There's nothing better than the fucking chocolate chip cookie. Uh, yeah, it's chocolate sure. chip. Uh, I was gonna say, like for me, uh, Chips Ahoy. Chips Ahoy is good. Yeah, the normal ones. Those I've are been, really good. I've been noticing because I, I follow a lot of people who are in snacks on Facebook. Yeah. Oreos out of control. Yes. Oreo is like Oreo cookies have like a million different flavors, and there's like double and triple stuff, and there's big Oreos. Calm it down, Oreos. Hydrox is going to take your game. You keep fucking Hydrox, yes. Hydrox is going to own the fucking cookie market. I like just a normal Oreo, but I will say this, and I've st- I have had to stop myself a couple years ago. Went Hi, little Patricia. Uh, Christmas sugar cookies that just come in a bag. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what, yeah. Oh. They're, they're not soft. They're real hard. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. It's like Armageddon if I've got a hold of those. Also, cookies. I will go through the bag. Uh, when you're talking about cookies, soft over hard, always. The, the softer the cookies. Those, are. oh, what, what was it? Uh, not Chips Ahoy. There was the soft batch. Yeah, those are the fucking best. Yeah, Jesus. I, dude, I wouldn't even bother just eating one. I would stack three and just put them in my mouth. Uh-huh. Oh, we got we got some questions from Facebook Live, sir. After <laughs> fucking cookie chats over. Uh, uh, Gary Gary says when your remote breaks, that's the curse of Charles Band because of the film remote the film remote control. Damn bootleg Home Alone. It, it's funny Gary brings that up. What? Because remote today, control the movie? No, but Charles Band. Oh, because I, band I, chat everyone. I, I do make a hilarious joke, and I'll have to post it at some point uh, once the book is released. Finished the book. It is the reissue of the big-ass book that came out a couple years ago, went out of print. I'm bringing back. It's like the bootleg edition of it. I revised the Puppet Master article, added oh, some more stuff to the Puppet Master article, <laughs> Just so more random facts about Puppet Master the series, so Tristan Gnarly Martin can read about Corey Feldman. But also, too, on the back of the book, I talk about I have found, I possibly refound this book in Charles Band's Magic Vault. Awesome! <laughs> I awesome. made sure that is the description of the book. We got. Uh, let me answer some of these questions before because they scroll by real quick. Okay, go for it. Um, Gary Hill. Yeah, I already read that. Oh shit! I almost blocked you there on accident, Gary. Sorry. My fucking shits flying everywhere. Uh, Joshua Loscar adds, "Who's Kyle's favorite Game of Cur- uh, Game of Thrones character? Who is my favorite character, Tim? You gotta know." Oh, that, uh, Brianna Tarth. I was going to say, I always forget her name, but I know who it is. Fucking Brianna Tarth is my girl. Because I know her last name is Tarth. I know because you talk about her all the time. That is my, she is my absolute fucking favorite character of anything. She's up there with Ash, dude. I love her so much. So you're going to get a tattoo of her? I, you know, I'm thinking about it, honestly. Where would you get it? I've got one arm that's completely clear. Okay. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to have to see how it ends. Okay. I'm going to have to see how it ends because I, this is my prediction. Season finale for episode or season seven is tonight. Um, oh, Joe's sending me pictures of big, big boobies. Probably Gianna Michaels. I'm getting fucking 
tit starter popping up on my computer. Probably Gianna Michaels. No, this is someone new. I don't know who this is. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Because um, I know he has all those pictures of Gianna Michaels. Fucking goddamn boobs have just... I don't even remember what I was talking about now. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. Finale. Yeah, my se- the season finale, my prediction is A, Brianna Tarr slaughters Littlefinger tonight. That's what I think. I, I told Josh all this shit last night when he was over. Um, Patricia Stevens, or Gary Hill says, Archway Cookies give him bad memories of the Bozo Show. Because, yeah, the Bozo Show was sponsored by Archway Cookies. I remember See, I never, even, I don't even know about that. The Bozo, oh, the Bozo Show was awesome, dude. No, that, I, but I will say this. My, my grandmother, my grandmother Gross had Archway Cookies and Pepperidge Farm Cookies. It's really a toss-up between those two, dude. I, you can't go wrong. Nope, you can't. Is there a bad cookie brand? That's the question. Because mm. I feel like there is. Oh, there's definitely, yeah, there's something out there. I could, My yeah. mom makes these one cookies with plain potato chips that they suck. They're fucking awful. <laughs> I just throw them on the floor. I just make fun of her. Every time she makes them, I'm like, I'm just going to throw those on the floor because they're fucking terrible. You don't make cookies with crumpled up potato chips. Are you no, you don't. High? No, you don't. But uh, T-Shirt Joe wants to know whose green serum is better, Toulon's or Herbert West's? Hmm. It all depends on the application. I feel like they do both do the same thing, but, you know, in a military aspect, Herbert West's Yes, formula is is a lot better, but Toulon's is stable. Yes, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go with Toulon. I, but you know what? As much as I love Puppet Master, I love um, the unrated version of Reanimator, and I love uh, the lost scenes of Reanimator. Oh, the where, stuff. Well, not only that, but where they had like uh, where he was addicted her, to his own. Yeah, 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 I really enjoyed that stuff. So I'm going with. Herbert West. I really, I really had to keep my fingers off of the fucking mouse to like a couple of days ago to order that new reanimator reissued. Yeah, it's it's like what you were talking about that DVD before with like three different versions of yeah the with phenomenon. Yeah, this yeah. this is when when I see something like that that for me I don't know about anybody else but seeing a Blu-ray like that it's like okay this ends uh, any other version that ever comes out now. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. You know another version of Phenomenon is going to come up, but I'm I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. Uh, you you wouldn't need to. No, you don't. That that's what I don't understand when you get something like that. Anyhow, Patricia Stevens wants to know. I was watching the vacation movies the other day and also thought about the movie Dutch. They all showed Dutch. us how fun, but also how chaotic road trips can be. What is your favorite road trip movie? And favorite road trip experience. Dutch is a classic. I love Dutch. I love Dutch so much, especially Ed Neal. Ed Neal's magical. Oh, I forgot he's in that. Put that fucking pinky ring and he he fucking busts that guy in the head and leaves a dent in his forehead. Road movies, man. I like Mid... I don't know if it is, you know, falls under road movie category, but Midnight Madness is great. I love Midnight Madness. And if you don't know what Midnight Madness is, look up Faga Beefy. <laughs> um, what about you, Tim? Fucking road movies, I'm thinking. Uh, I do have a 
I enjoy National Lampoon's Vacation, the first one. Vacation, yeah. I'm a big Christmas vacation guy. I love that one. But I have a soft spot in my heart for Road Trip with Tom Green. (laughs) Road Trip sucks, dude. It just is completely random. It just just (laughs) one of those movies I laugh my balls out. I have not – all I remember is the one funny thing is where the little guy bangs the big black chick and they find her underwear and they said, what'd you do, get a sofa? <laughs> it's like leopard print or something. Just go on safari. <laughs> um, outside of that, I don't know. Um, Road tri- I like uh, – and I can't think of the name of it – the one with Lovitz. It was kind mm. of a mid-90s callback to, like, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, because he did a bunch of movies, like... Rat Race, that's what it was called. I like Rat Race. Just because Lovitz, when he does the Hitler impression, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, man. You ready to cue the music for Tristan Gnarly Martin? Hit it, because this is... Yeah, hit it. Yep, this week I've been watching a rad sci-fi flick from 1987 to Hidden. The crazy alien likes fast cars, loud rock music, strip clubs, and alcohol. So my questions are, if you were the alien, what fast sports car would you choose to drive? What music would you have on in the car? And what type of alcohol would you be drinking? I would be drinking, okay. I'm gonna if if I was the alien from the hidden, I would drive a 1988 maroon Beretta because <laughs> I, I fucking that was my car in senior year of high school, and I absolutely that was the best car I ever had. I fucking loved my '88 Beretta. I would be playing what would I, what was I listening to at the end of high school? Uh, one of the greatest metal albums of all time, Machine Head, Burn My Eyes. Definitely, we'd be playing or Persistence of Time or Testament Low or test any any Testament from back then, probably, or like uh, Rancid Let's Go, because I think that's better than Outcome the Wolves. Um, I would be listening to something like that. And what was the third part? Uh, what type of alcohol would you be drinking? Um, the Cactus Jack, which is a drink that me and Silent Brian invented at the shit Portland bar that consists of a shot of Jack and a shot of cactus juice. And after you drink it, you have to hit yourself in the head with a steel chair. <laughs> I would be drinking Cactus uh, Jack. I've never had a sports car, but uh, if I had my chance, I'd take a... Any type of Mustang between 69 and 71, 
What about a 2005? They got giant back seats, you know? Yeah, they do. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having the fan, for this, well, I'll do the Phantasm Hemikuda. I always love that. Yeah, that's, be, you can't it, go wrong with that, dude. Yeah, be driving that. Uh, anything from Motorhead or ACDC before the Back in Black album. Before, oh, you're a but you're not a Bon Scott. You're a Bon Scott guy. You're not a. Fucking I'm both actually. Guy. I am I'm both. Bon Scott guy. I, I, I am both, out. but I, I I I just feel like certain times you need Bon Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love Brian Johnson. Break? Yeah, love Jail. That's one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I've always said I just want the live version of Jailbreak to play at my funeral. That way, people just Dark like Ross shows up, everyone. Because th- that song is seventeen and a half minutes live. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ, really? Yes. I think if I was gonna play any ACDC song at my funeral, it'd be "It's a Long Way to Rock" or "A Long yeah. Way to the Top." If you want to rock, that's my favorite. Yeah, There's a uh, bagpipe yeah. solo. Yeah, very cool. Uh, alcohol, the Frank Sinatra, Jane, uh, Jack Daniels. What's have you, no, have you, it's oh, like a special edition of Jack. Oh, yeah, this is Jack Daniel Select. It's the Frank Sinatra edition. It is $150 a bottle. Comes, come in a fedora? It comes in a wooden box, has a booklet with it. My brother got it for Christmas. Mm. And it makes you rethink Jack Daniels. Interesting. It is beyond smooth for Jack Daniels. It doesn't taste, I mean, it tastes like Jack Daniels, but you feel like that isn't Jack Daniels, but it's good as hell. See, I like whiskey, but I don't drink it a lot because I get, I want to fight. No, it's this I, stuff? It me, yeah, I don't like dude, that you, dude, if you drank this, you would be like, um, that ain't whiskey. Really? Yeah, you'd be questioning somebody's messing with you. Is it even around anymore? Because it sounds like a limited edition type. There, I forget how many were made. It was just like done last year or something like that. I, I would have to ask my brother, but he got one of the bottles for Christmas. Oh, no. Gary Hill says Bubba Hendershot would not approve of our choices. <laughs> Bubba Hendershot might be the fucking hardwire champion. <laughs> Bubba Hendershot. You need to, man, if we had a fucking Hall of Fame, you'd be in there, buddy. I love Bubba Hendershot. I think he was. We probably did put Bubba Hendershot. I think he was. I think he was, which we still got to talk about that Instagram thing, because that was the funniest goddamn thing I've read all week. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that before football chat later. (laughs) Okay, uh, during one scene in the movie, you are a sleazy guy in a white suit. Buying a Ferrari. As he's signing the paperwork, the salesman pulls out a little model sports car, pops the hood to display a secret stash of cocaine. Has this ever happened to you while purchasing a car? Maybe that only happens when purchasing an 80s Ferrari. If not, have you gotten any funny car stories you'd like to share? No, man. Buying a car is not fun nor funny. That's a pain in the ass. The only thing you got, like, every time I've bought a car, it's... It's go find the car, get the paperwork, run, drive three towns over to the bank, then drive back. And then, oh, something is fucked up. I've got to go back three towns over to the bank again and fix yeah. the paperwork. It's just a pain in the ass. And, and, and Coke, never fucking done Coke, never seen Coke. Coke's not I've, been a big thing around Portland. It's, I, it's I've seen it, never done it, yeah. don't care. 
Uh, really enjoyed this flick, and I found out there's a sequel that was released in 1993. Yes, yeah. and have either of you seen it? Yeah, we were uh, talking about that last week. So Tristan listened to that yeah. podcast when it posts, Spoiler and he said, alert, oh. "I thought that movie was kind of boring." And he said, "Oh, and a quick recommendation: Death Note. I've never read the comics or watched the cartoon, but loved the Netflix movie from start to finish." Couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Please do a future review on it. Done. I've seen that there. pop up on the Magic Fire Stick recently. There you go. I know go. it's a very popular anime. I, I, I'm i not an anime guy, but I will check it out. Okay. That um, was Tristan Gnarly Martin. Patricia says, what's your favorite death scene in Prom Night 2? Mmm. Good question. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go pretty with, stellar. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna go with the scene that's actually not a death scene, but it is a death scene. Okay. I like how Mary Lou comes out of the chick. Or she punches her way out of the body. Yeah, that's. Cool. Yes, I I really enjoy that. I like. I like John. Sa- or I get John Saxon and Michael Ironsides mixed up. Michael Ironsides. Fucking day. I like Michael Ironside with his thumb nose pistol just shooting that blonde girl. <laughs> just blasting her for no fucking reason. And then she, yeah, the fucking Mary Lou punches her way out of the body. I, I enjoy that. It's just gory and cool. Yeah. And it's just like, um, okay, I'll accept that. Yeah. Uh, Not as good as when Freddy punches out of Jesse's body, but. Nah. Uh, ben Crawford wants to know, I always root for the Templars when I watch the Blind Dead movies because all the victims are assholes. What other horror flicks can you think of who have similar unsympathetic characters as Massacre Fodder? Um, those people and Dave out of Maze, I don't care. Oh, there was a movie. I'm trying to remember. There was. Are you talking like what movie you root for the bad guy because the good guys suck so bad? Yeah, there was another movie just recently I watched and I was just like, yeah, I wanted them all to die. Was it Pool Party Massacre? No, because that was enjoyable. Um, which Pool Party Massacre is going to be playing at a drive-in? Awesome. Like 40 minutes from my house, uh, week after Wasteland. You should go. I'm going to try, man. There's some select people on the Friday 13th series that I really can't fucking stand. I don't yeah, like... I, there's I just, not like a movie that really stands right, out. Like, Shelly. I fucking hate Shelly from part three. I, fuck, yeah. I can't stand uh, old Crispin Glover's buddy from part five. <laughs> Dead fuck dude. Yeah, I can't fucking stand... Or part four, I can't stand Yeah, him. I know you're done. Uh, I think... I think the protagonist from Part 7, I don't hate him, but I think he's boring. The guy that's just out hunting bear, a.k.a. Okay. Jason Voorhees, that guy. I can't stand <laughs> the doctor in that fucking movie, but I think you're not supposed to. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, I can't stand him. But you know what? Come to think about it, there's not one person in the Elm Street series that I dislike on the on the hero side that I think sucks. I yeah, they try to make them likable they're enough. They're all likable kids. Yeah, you're not exactly. Especially three. You yeah, like Dream all Warriors. Those yeah, guys. Yeah. But you know, what's his face is my favorite. And they tried to and they tried to copy that 
same kind of formula for yeah. four and five. Kincaid all the way. Yeah, Kincaid. <laughs> Kincaid for sure. Kincaid, and then the, I like Carlos for part six. Noise hearing from the Carlos. You know what I might um, first sleep away camp? The first, yeah, they all kind of suck. I, I I was rooting for all them to die. Some of the people in the burning suck. Yeah, but I see I see that a little bit different. But I could see what you're saying. I'm trying to think. It... I was I was really rooting for fucking the mongoloid Morris from Hell Knight to fucking mm. smash those two frat brothers to death because those yeah. guys suck. So there's my answers. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Gary, well, even oh, go ahead. Gary, Gary's got a question. Who would win? Oh Jesus, who would win in a fight? Your Dar from the Beastmaster or Robert Zadar? I'm gonna say your Hunter from the Future because he's Hunter from the Future. Yeah, but see, he's he's also a science teacher. I'm going to have to go with Mark Singer because he's Dar. Because he can make funny animal noises and he's got ferrets. And, 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 yeah, and he spray paints tigers that die. He, he kills tigers, Tim. <laughs> if you want to put... <laughs> if you want to put John Amos for Beastmaster, that would have been my chick. <laughs> flipping, that, flipping that goddamn wooden spear around. I still say to this day, every time I watch the end of that movie, I so want the like the eagle to come down and rip that kid's eyeballs out that's running <laughs> up the thing. I want I want that kid to die for no other what? reason, just to entertain you about, me. You talking about John Amos's buddy? Yeah, the little no, kid. That's the best part. I like John Amos and the kid more than Mark Singer in that fucking film. Yeah, but see, just for some reason, that kid bothers me at the end of the movie. I want I want a side movie, like a spinoff movie, like what John Amos was doing when the John Hordes were fucking arising and shit. That's what I want. Uh, he was he was out playing Canasta. <laughs> no, I want, I want the side movie where it's like John Amos and Jim Brown and Jim Kelly, and they're all like fucking stick fighting fuckers with little the little white kid running around they're fighting witches and shit and those bat people show fucking back up that hug people and turn them into laundry so oh yeah those are badass characters awesome uh, uh ben crawford wants to know what would be more likely to make you shit your pants descending deep into the marina trench in a tiny submersible or going up into the upper atmosphere in a tiny balloon gondola I would rather die by going up in the air in a fucking balloon because I would much rather fall to my death than drown. Yeah. Fuck drowning. Um, Gary Hill's got another, he's got an answer okay. actually. His vote is uh, for that last question. Slumber party massacre. Those girls are awful. And that dude, that dude is awesome with a drill and he has full denim. No. Well, yeah, I, I can like see his point, band. but if you're going to go in that direction, I'm going to say hard to die. Hard to die? Yes. Hard to die. I still have never seen that one. Oh, maybe yeah. we should do that. I thought we did that one, though, on a show. No, we talked about it. Okay. Maybe we need to do that. I might, I've might. i thought about uh, when I'm off, pulling down, the, the, pulling down some of the collection and... Trying to pull out some gems since school is starting. And well, 
maybe get like a sorority house mask or two or spoiler alert i don't think i know because i skimmed it on youtube i know i found a gem for next week mm. oh man this movie looks so up my alley for next week Anyway, oh, 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 the one you texted me about? Yeah, oh my god, it's up my alley, and I've never heard of it. Yeah, I bought a Region 2 DVD, like, years ago at Wasteland, um, when you, I forget the name of that, who was always back there next to Synapse, they would always get the... Oh, those guys, yeah, they have shirts and stuff, too, um... Because that was where I bought the Phantasm Sphere set off of those guys and the Hellraiser box set. Yeah, I know. I've bought shit off of those guys, too. They're always back there. Yeah, that 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 was where I got Graveyard Disturbance, because just like you, I read about it, and I just remember watching it. And But we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joshua, Joshua Lascar wants to know, thoughts on Fred Decker being a part of the new Predator movie? Hey, you know, Fred Decker, part of anything is awesome in my book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah. There's one guy that deserves another shot. It's Fred Decker. You're like, is RoboCop 3 really shit on his fucking career, man? And it's... it's as much bad. as it did... He it got, sh- I mean, he went to TV after that. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't disappear. He's still making his bones, but man... If RoboCop 3 didn't happen, imagine all the cool fucking genre movies Fred Decker would have given us. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad when you think about Fred Decker and what happened. But hey, man, it, Fred Decker and Shane Black, those guys, I'm, I'm all for anything those guys do. Yeah, and it, it just, and again, it goes back into, I don't believe, it, I believe RoboCop 3 wasn't all his fault. No, but he's taking the blame for it. Yeah, he is. It was all put on his shoulders. Yeah. Anyway, Patricia Stevens asked if we watched uh, Would You Rather yet. Nope, but I did put it on my favorites list on the Magic Fire Stick, so I'm going to get around to it. Maybe maybe I'll watch it tonight after Game of Thrones. That's all the that's all the that's questions. All the questions. Oh, well, yeah. We got about a hold on, hold on. Let me check one more. That something just popped up here on Facebook. We got about I don't know. I'll give you a couple minutes. Any more questions? I'm gonna cut the oh. quick line off. Oh, we <laughs> okay. found another question. No, but uh, apparently T-shirt Joe's pictures are starting to show up on the Bloodfest Boomsticks page. <laughs> oh, he's got pictures. I need to check pictures out because I'm sure they're of the tit starter variety. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Holy Jesus. <laughs> Good God, woman. She's going to have problems later in life. <laughs> I feel bad for her. Poor girl. Anyway. Anyway, that's all the questions. Wow, I just put on my feed. Everybody's watching this fucking Death Note movie. Yeah, I, I just, I like, I'm seeing it. Like, baby people baby about- Quinn is watching it right now. Holy shit. Man, you need to get on that, maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, thanks for shopping by. I'm going to cut this off. So we'll see you next week. Oh, oh, oh one last question. Joshua Loscar, best sidekick in any movie. Short round, dude. Yeah, Short yeah. Round. Short round for sure. I mean, that's my favorite. 
there's not a weekend goes by that I don't quote that little fucker. Where I fucking turn the car and I say, hold on to your potatoes, Dr. Jones, we're going for a ride! <laughs> um, yeah, Gary Hill also says, Long Kiss Goodnight, Shane Black and Rennie Harlan, one of the best Christmas movies ever. Uh, I go back to that movie every once in a while. I haven't seen it in good ten years, but I remember enjoying Long Kiss Goodnight. I remember thinking Gina Davis needs to calm down on the fucking eyeshadow a little bit in that fucking movie, but yeah. Dude, Shane Black Christmas movies, you don't go wrong, man. I'm in all the way. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to cut this off. Thanks for showing up, guys. We're out of here. And that was questions. So you said we need to have football talk. Yeah, we need to do football talk. I haven't brought football talk up. So what what do you want with football talk here, Tim Groves? Well, the reason. alienate everyone right now. Yes, of course. Well, I got to bring this up. Um, oh, hold on. Uh-oh, what? Uh, apparently, uh, Addison Binkett is showing off. Uh, he's prepping for movies to watch on a rainy afternoon Shark Week. Oh, oh I'm sorry. This is from 2016 Shark Week. And he posted Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus, Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, and Mega Shark versus Colossus. Fuck all those movies and just watch Jaws. <laughs> just watch Jaws. Jesus Christ, shark movies. Calm it the fuck down. I've seen all of those. Uh, but anyhow, uh, real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, where was I? Oh, football talk, yes. Last night I was thinking, because I watched the, the third game of the Steelers game, and the Steelers are about to play the Browns first game of the season. Yep. I wanted to get your take on what you think is going to happen with the Browns. Um, main reason is because uh, laying in bed last night, they were still doing post-game for the Steeler, third exhibition Steeler game, three hours after it was done. Jesus, man, really? Like, fuck. Yes, they were doing it. And there's a guy that comes on a lot on Pittsburgh Radio who works for USA Today. He worked in the Browns organization. So he's a traitor. Um, he's a son of a bitch. Well, he's like, he goes all around the NFL, but he's been doing a lot of, like, coming on talking Steelers and talking just regular NFL. Oh, okay, yeah. his, name is, his name is Matt Williamson. Okay. He worked in the Browns organization like 2000, like Kel, uh, Kellen Winslow. When he got drafted, oh, like God, he was working then, and he worked in the Browns organization for two years, so he knows about the Browns. But he was sitting there, and they were talking about basically, um, who's the backup quarterback for you for the Browns right now? Uh, we haven't even named the starters. It's gonna well, be Osweiler if they don't. It's Trey Hawk. They want him out of there. Yeah, because they're saying uh, Osweiler. There's a good chance he's not starting, according to this no, guy. No, nor should he. They're, 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 yeah, they're saying the backup, they really like the things this dude is doing. And they're saying just by some chance he's even half decent. Like, he was just talking about all the draft picks the Browns still have the next two years, how they could still build and everything else, but also how the Browns are actually building a decent defense, which leads me into... 
What do you think the Browns are doing this year? Because I'm going to tell you, after watching last night's game, which is usually a dress rehearsal for the starters, the first game is going to be much more interesting than it needs to be. What do I, I'm going to predict 5-11. and 11. We're going to do better than last year, but that's not going to be hard because we only won one fucking game last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. If there's any place in the NFL that can have their pick of – we could have 30 fucking drafts and trade for anyone we want. We could have Tom Brady on our team, and we'd still fucking suck. Yeah. It's just there's a curse there. I don't know. Because, I, I of course, I think the Steelers are going to win the division, go to the playoffs. I but don't know. The Bengals, dude. No, nah, I think the Bengals are more of a mess than people realize. They always um, turn it into a mess, that's for sure. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I honestly believe the Browns-Steelers' first game is going to be much more interesting than it needs to be. One, the defense still looks like total shit. And uh, they still haven't fixed, even though they got all this talent on offense, they still haven't fixed during these three preseason games, have shown and including last night, just shown that they still haven't fixed uh, the red zone offense. They don't have a clue. Well, I think you guys have got a problem. I fucking Roethlisberger is old as shit, dude. I think he's uh, but still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, dude. True, but is he smart enough to get out? You know when he should get out, or is he going to have those three years where he just sucks and? I think, well, he's, see, you all know the, if what's going on. He's really talking about this might be his last year, period. Good. He, he, I'm like, I like that guy, even though he's a two-time rapist. Because he almost, he, there's a, basically what's transpired during the past two seasons, like, it is complete chaos inside right. the locker room now, just with some of the players are there and some of the assholes. And, like, basically he was talking, like, there was a lot of talk during the summer where everybody knew he was coming back, but he's just like, you know what? This might be actually my last year because he's because it, it's like he's not leaving sixteen million dollars on the table. No, it, and but do you really? I think he's smart enough to go and not bring the the team down with him because well, he's like the aged quarterback and he's a Pittsburgh staple and he's yes. just there for the money. But you know, then you're out. Well, like, here's seasons. Here's the other thing that goes into that. I will say this now, and I've said it the whole time he's been here. I hate to ruin everybody that's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. When he is gone, they are going to go through another 20 years of having no goddamn quarterback. Uh, I always thought you guys did a really good job of like replacing dudes. Nope. Replace everybody except, except the quarterback. Well, that's where our problem lies. We can't. We've been through, I think, 31 now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They were talking about that last night on the broadcast on the radio station. But yeah, I just, I, I think there's just the Steelers defense still too young, still haven't fixed everything. But also, too, I think they still haven't fixed the red zone offense and most likely will lose to the Patriots in the playoffs again. But uh, I, I also believe, and I always, already predict, Steelers only win uh, the first game of the season against the Browns. I believe Steelers win 23-20. Mm. 
I believe it's going to be that close. I don't know, but I just want I, I just want football. I don't care. At this yeah. point, I want it. I want it now. I started watching some college football on Saturday. Yeah, that's the one thing. I don't give a fuck about college football. Yeah, I do. I can't wait for the pit game next Saturday. Don't care. Don't care about college football whatsoever. I don't think I can name one college football player. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't think of one. Anyway. But anyway, but one more thing. I was just going to say, I don't think Roethlisberger is going to go to Peyton Manning route like you're talking about, where he's completely useless. I think he is going to retire before it's time. Well, I hope he's that smart. I, I believe he is. I think he. I think he wants at least this one season, and I think it. De- I think it really does depend wh- how this season goes if he is done or not. I don't know. Let's talk. Hello, Mary Lou. Prom night too, Tim. Okay. All the, all the people we've alienated can come back now. No, yeah, he's got all come back, and this is the, probably the reason Gary Hill fired me. But anyhow, well, no, I think he fired you because you belong to a podcast with zero Rondo awards. <laughs> it's no longer throughout the podcast. You're just waiting for that setup. Just fucking dropping it in there. <laughs> that should be now the advertisement instead of just us. You need, I need to make a commercial. Come listen to Bloodbaths and Boomsticks. We have zero Rondo Awards. Shouldn't even have our pictures. It should just have that up there. Okay, done. <laughs> that and somebody followed you on Instagram. Oh, the return of Corey G. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm suddenly I'm like on Instagram and I I tried to get a hold of a dude I know. Okay. Instagram. So I installed it and I set it up and I don't know how it works, but now like everybody is, I guess you follow people and like every five I'm getting followed on Instagram. I've not posted Mm -hmm. one thing on there because I don't know how, (laughs) (laughs) but Corey G knows I'm there. Hopefully that guy has, uh, recovered from his back ailments. Doesn't have to. Doesn't you talk know, like Jason his, Statham. Yeah, doesn't talk like Jason State Doesn't lay in his bathtub. I really want. I really want him to contact you through Instagram. I don't know if I can receive. It. I'm not sure how Instagram works yet. I want him to post something on your Instagram page. Such as what? I don't know. Well, the it's fog too is off. Talking about rules. Instagram right now. Let's talk about prom night too. Vicky's getting ready for the prom. Good morning, prom queen. Only nominated, not the winner. But she's about to get a visit from the past. I've been seeing things. Hallucinations about Mary Lou Maloney. That girl who died at our school. My mind plays strange tricks. It's not my mind. Damn you, it's Mary Lou Maloney. We're in trouble, you and I. What are you talking about? Mary Lou Maloney has come back. It's like I'm not in control of myself. I am afraid I might hurt somebody. Somehow her spirit has come back from the grave and she will come after you and me. This is the only thing that will protect you. Can it be gone? Be gone? Come on. You're not leaving this house. Now, Mary Lou has found her way back. And Mary Lou 
is coming out the party. Okay, we're talking Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, starring Michael Ironside as the prince. Literally, this movie has nothing to do with the first Prom Night, and everybody knew that going in. And this movie was actually titled The Haunting of Hamilton High. Mm -hmm. They just slapped that Prom Night title on there. Yeah, because it got actually sold in... Actually, this movie sat on the shelf for like 14, 15 months because it was uh, it was filmed like late summer, like mid to late summer 1986. Didn't get a release until I think it's November 1987, like late 87. So it sat on the shelf. It was finished. It was done. But it got sold. And when it got sold, um, they decided to call it Prom Night 2. And that's where we get the Hello, Mary Lou prom night, too. But anyhow, in 1957, Mary Lou is uh, she's going to be the prom queen. And basically, she is the bad girl. Like every 50s movies, there's always the bad guys like those are the dudes in leather jackets. Well, she's turned it around because literally it opens with her. Getting or giving a confession to a priest, and she's literally writing in lipstick for a good time. Call Mary Lou at this number in the confessional, and basically telling the priest like, "Yeah, I'm banging dudes and all that other stuff." And basically, she goes to the prom, and she's with her boyfriend Bill, who very soon becomes her ex-boyfriend because she's trying to bang a dude in the backstage. And Bill is pissed off, who is later played by Michael Ironside. So he tries to do something very horrible to her. And I'm not sure what he was trying to do. I know he didn't mean to burn it alive. Yeah, I, I think he was. He grabs a stink bomb. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, was it a stink bomb yeah. or like an empty? No, was, they said a stink bomb because that kid was okay. making it on the toilet and then he ditched it in the trash can when the principal showed up. Yeah, and what they were going to do is – I'm guessing they were going to basically stink out the prom because these dudes had nothing to do. It's 1957. Yeah. But anyhow, he grabs it. I'm guessing he's trying to ruin her moment after she gets the veil and all that stuff. Well, she doesn't get the veil, and that's the whole point. She, or crown, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. She gets she gets the little ribbon that goes around her, and basically he drops it. It falls like right on her, and her dress goes up in flames. Made out of polyester or some shit, which is yeah, it was. She goes up in flames. Everybody watches in horror, and it goes 30 years later. And basically now the dude that burned her alive is the principal of Hamilton High and his son Craig. Which was kind of weird. They never introduced the mom or right. explained the mom or anything of that nature, which is fine. I just felt like it was kind of weird, like kind of weird transition. Like, okay, who did he end up banging? You know what I mean? Because it's still showing him pine for Mary Lou during the movie as he's looking at old pictures and stuff like that as yeah. stuff gets on. But anyhow, 
his son Craig, he's dating uh, this girl Vicky, and Vicky has is one of the finalists to be prom queen this year. Vicky's mom is like Carrie's mom, basically. God is everything. God Screaming about how she's a harlot. <laughs> yep, God doesn't need to buy you a new dress. You already got dresses. So she goes to the old. She goes to the prop room, finds this old. I don't know what you would call it. Hope chest, clothes chest, whatever. Opens like a, it up. It's like a fucking steamer trunk. Yeah, something like it. Just an old trunk. Opens it up. Toulon's puppets weren't there. No, so unfortunately, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> Toulon's puppets weren't there, and Blade didn't slice her throat. But she finds like this. The crown and the stuff from 1957, and she brings it up into art class. And basically, her girlfriends or friends are just basically sitting there trying to mess with it. And the one pops out a jewel of the crown. Mary Lou's spirit comes out, and she starts fucking people. <laughs> people are getting hung. People are getting their heads cut off. Uh, and eventually, Mary Lou's spirit starts taking over Vicky. Craig knows something's up. His dad, meanwhile, is like, I've banged that girl. I know what's going on. And it basically, she's possessed, and she just starts transforming. Well, gets to the big dance in 1987. Prom, she becomes the queen. Michael Ironside knows what needs to be done. Gives her the crown after she is shot. <laughs> After she yeah. climbs out of Vicky's body and basically goes carry on everyone. Sure does. He basically gives her the crown and says, look, I know you want this. She goes away, tries to suck in Vicky and Craig into her dimension. Doesn't work out. That supposedly ended the movie, but no, has a little gotcha moment where Michael Ironside is now Mary Lou. But still a cool movie. Some cool blood. A lot of people getting jacked up and murdered. Very fun. I always enjoyed this. I don't care. It has nothing to do with the first prom night. Do you even it's, care about the original prom night? Because I, I don't like that movie. I don't it, give a shit about that movie. It was okay. It's part of the slasher genre. It's kind of the sure. er, one of the early on movies. It's very dated, though. Oh, yeah. It's very dated. That's the big thing with the first prom night. Um, I watched I think, Prom Night for Leslie Nielsen, not Jamie. Lee I was going to say, I think one of the only reasons people do watch is because it's one of Jamie Lee Curtis's films. She does that and Terror Train. Yeah. And Terror Train infinitely better. Yes, and that's what I was going to say. Terror Train is definitely wor- wor- more worthy of watching than Prom Night. Where Prom Night Two, it's just a fun. If you're looking for a fun 80s horror movie that it's just it doesn't have a dull moment. It doesn't have a kind of like you think this is completely stupid. It's just enjoyable. Nothing is too over the top. Just fun stuff. Cool gags. I enjoy the movie. Has Michael Ironside in it. It's one of my favorite sequels of the 80s. Not I wouldn't say the very top of the list, but it's one of my favorites to watch. This is one I enjoy pulling out every couple of years to rewatch again. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably give it three out of four stars. 
I, I just enjoy the characters. I enjoy the Mary Lou character. I enjoy Michael Ironside being the principal. I oh, think fucking Michael Ironside doing anything is. Yeah, but this is like prime Michael Ironside. Uh-huh. Just because like, even... what if Michael Ironside's character from Elm Street One like moved away and started a different life and became a high school principal? He, that's John Saxon. That's what the same person. <laughs> I told you I get them mixed up all the time earlier. John Jackson, I just Michael Ironside. He, I love what National Forest named after the man. I just like because he he kind of has like this creepy look every time he's looking at Vicky. He's got, when, man, Ironside has forehead like intimidation. His, his forehead <laughs> is amazing. But I like that like um, when he feels like somehow Mary Lou's come back like. He knew this was going to happen. And uh-huh. he even goes to the church where, like, his that dude that she's trying to get it on with is now a priest. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, back in the 50s, yeah. Yeah, he's now a priest because, like, she ruined him. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, he even knows something's up because she goes and visits him. And I, oh, that's really cool how she jacks his ass up in the confessional. When Vicky goes to visit him and uh, that just it, it just it's a all around cool movie. I enjoy it. Like I said, three out of four stars. It's just fun movie to pull out again. I watched this for the first time in probably 10 years today. And I'm I've, I'm, I'm disappointed. I love this movie. It's great. Uh, you can tell, though, there's there were some problems behind the scenes because it doesn't make a lick of sense. And the last 20 minutes kind of just, like, throws everything against the wall. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but you don't care because kind of like, you know, the ending of Gnaw, Food of the Gods 2, where it's just like, well, we're 20 minutes left. Let's just throw everything, all the crazy shit right now. And and it, it all works, but the one thing that disappointed me was... I like Mary Lou in this movie a lot. Yeah, and, and I, I think wanted that's, a lot more of her. That I think that's what makes the movie work. Oh, she's and great. I, and I think that's why when you talk the Prom Night series, like this one stands out more than any of the other films. Uh, Even I've the not, first one. I've not seen the second or the third one or the fourth one. Yeah, they, uh, you're not missing it. Yeah, time. so I've heard. You're not missing a ton, but yeah, it, it, her just in general, the character is just right. Uh huh. And she, whoever that actress is plays it fucking great because she's like, she's like a Daphne Zuniga type yeah. chick, and I love her. I want more of her. Yeah. I want more. I want like a backstory in the '50s because I thought she was instantly cool because she goes to the confessional. She's like, you know what? I have relations with boys as much as I can. I talk back to my parents. I don't disobey them, and I, I am not sorry about it. I love yeah, every it is, minute of it, and I, and I love her look. She's beautiful and she's great, and I just wanted more of her. Did you enjoy the creepy demonic horse when Vicky's riding it? Oh man, that's super fucking creepy with the tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just this movie has its moments where you're just, and that's where I think a lot of stuff was just. I agree with you. There was stuff thrown at the wall, but I think Almost just like they shot it out of order, maybe. Or yeah. Something like it, that. I don't know. It, it just, but 
to me, it just seems like the movie sucks you in enough uh-huh. that you accept it. Yeah. That if this might be a different movie, you're probably questioning everything. But in this movie, you're like, okay, yeah, she came back from the dead. And I think part of that is you already had built-in characters like Michael Ironside's character, Bill, who's now the principal. He's just like waiting for the day for her to come back. Like I he wish, knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I wish Michael Ironside's character back in the 50s was played by Kristen, Crispin Glover. <laughs> that would have been fucking fantastic. But I just I think that's how this story works is just people were accepting they were didn't need to explain how she got back you know what I mean yeah there was like no they, explanation needed she came back for revenge because she got burned alive yeah and they they knew this day was gonna happen that's I I think it just I think it just hurdles the stuff everybody always stutters and gets dragged down on trying to explain and everything like that. It's just, no, there is none of that. It's just, this guy accepts it. You as the viewer are going to accept it also. Um, I, I kind of wish that I've lost my train of thought. Son of a bitch. Never mind. I, I fucking, yeah, I, I like this movie. I, I'm not sure I'm seeing Michael Ironsides in a sympathetic character. But they try to portray him as, you know, towards the end and stuff, where he's like the hero. He's gonna go. Yeah, he's gonna girl. try to save his son. Yeah. But and I'm like, but he burned her alive. Yes. <laughs> what yes. the fuck, movie? Uh, I, I'm not feeling any sympathy for Michael Ironsides. But th- how it ends, I love the ending shot because Michael Ironsides is a fucking amazing actor. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing our song. Let's go cruise. It, it just it, it that's the thing the movie works it it just uh-huh. it, it really does he, work where where he is the killer like i want a direct sequel to part 2 mm. where he's just running around in the 1984 Chevy celebrity yes <laughs> with the blue eyes <laughs> well i think what is it part 3 is the last kiss and part 4 is the awakening i could be wrong on this uh, but i think those are evil i think Del- uh, there you go deliver us from evil um but yeah, those were direct to video. Those were yeah. Was this those, was this theatrical? I don't know if it was. Um, I'm it up, I'm if it, it right was, there. it might have been just in Canada because it did make money. Um, let's see. Yeah, I found it on video. Yeah, me too. Back uh, in- it doesn't have. I am according to IMDb doesn't have a budget, but it does say it grows two point six million. Yeah, because it was made in Canada. They shot it in and around Edmonton. It doesn't, doesn't feel like a Canadian movie. Doesn't feel like a, a you know, Monday yeah, Valentine or something. No, like it that. doesn't. But there, they, I, I was ran into an article of somebody saying that they went to the school after the movie was shot there, uh-huh. and like something like there's still props from the movie oh, that awesome. were in the school. And then plus, uh, up until, I think it's on IMDb, the second thing is, uh, the windows, I guess they painted them black for a lot of the scenes. And they said up until 2001, you could still see some of the, uh, a couple of the windows were still painted. That's fucking cool. <laughs> when they, when they, that kids, that was like the running joke of kids that went to that school and graduated. They would talk about Mary Lou being shot there. Oh, well. You want to know what the running joke is for our elementary school? Y'all got lice. 
Well, the fucking elementary school I went to, East Elementary, holy shit. It was one of those opened atmosphere schools where, like, you know, sixth grade was not, it didn't have a wall between sixth grade and fifth grade and fourth grade and third grade and all that shit. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, I was, I, my elementary school was. Got, everybody got the lice, except for, I didn't get lice, but my sister did. Yeah. yeah it was fucking crazy. But, yeah, I was going to say, my elementary school was broken into pods. Really? And, and yeah, it was like each floor, like, oh, what was it? Each floor was, like, split into two because it was that big of an elementary school. And, like, the one side would be first grade, the other side was second grade. Okay. And you'd walk down the halls past each other, but whatever grade you were in, those classrooms were open, mm-hmm. and you could hear other kids and stuff like that. And then third and fourth grade, same thing. And like fifth grade had its own floor. It was like the top floor, like the fourth floor. And there was two gyms that they would sometimes open up into one full gym. And they even had an auditorium. To this day, they still have basketball games at, in this gym. It sounds like uh, our old, our old junior high it used to be our old high school. Yeah, it sounds exactly the same. Yeah, like the elementary school I went to was like pretty much just as big as the middle school I went to, which was weird. But the high school I went to was ten times the size of those. I'm curious, how how many people graduated in your class? What high school? Yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, it was under a hundred. Pitts, really? Put it this way: that was the big thing with city schools. That they had city... to have small fucking classes. No, no, no. When I went there as a freshman, there was like I had a class of. I remember because there's been articles written about this about kids that graduated in the '90s, and just talking about city schools. When I went as a freshman, there was something like close to 350 freshmen going into that school. Uh-huh. And the people that made it, whether they dropped out, whether they uh, got held back or they transferred or just moved in general, literally my senior class was like 90, 95. Wow. Yeah, by the with end like of that. 120 kids, and I thought that was a big class. No, city schools were – the biggest problem was by the time I started going to uh, the school my brother went to, it was the same high school. When he went, it like was a huge gang thing. Like, they really? just, yeah, there was drugs, gangs, everything like that. By the time I got there, they pretty much had weeded all that out. It now became a dumping ground for the borough schools or the schools that had a lot of money but were nearby, right. the much bigger high schools that were in uh, richer neighborhoods or whatever. Our high school basically became a dumping ground for any of the kids that got like booted out of those schools. And that's why a lot of kids didn't graduate from high school. Sounds like you need Roddy McDowell as a teacher, dude. Pull What's a gun that? on folks. You needed Roddy McDowell to teach in that school. Fucking pull out a gun. The wife said her graduating class was like 250. Jeez, man. See, that was much more than mine. Mine uh, wasn't that big. I was, I, I fucking, my high school, like, I didn't dislike high school. I just was like, I, you're teaching me shit. I, I knew already, like, all this shit is not going to fucking matter. All mm-hmm. of it, none of it's going to matter. But I had an art class that was like the 
some of the best people in the fucking world, all in the same class. They were like the truly fucking cool kids of the school that, you know, they weren't the popular kids. They were just the coolest motherfuckers. And we all, for four years, we all were in the same art class. And goddamn, I miss all those fucking people. I still yeah, talk to I three or four of them, that. man. There's a couple. There's a couple of them. There's two chicks that I miss on a daily basis dearly, and I talk to one of them every once in a while. When I get bored at work. I'll I'll send her fucking text messages and shit. But man, I kind of miss high school. Unfortunately, bring it all. It was not like prom night too. No, it wasn't. Have a it Mary Lou. Awesome. But yeah, no tragedies at my prom. Did you have a fucking high school tragedy tragedy that happened? Usually, no, like usually one. See, not anything that happened, like, while you're there or whatever. Like right. I said, the only thing that happened during my high school years that I can even remember is the dude that I knew that was a year or two ahead of me uh-huh. that got killed by the drunk driver out in front of my mom's house. Oh, shit. That, I think he told me about this a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, that dude, because he went through the windshield and everything. And, yeah, you did tell me about it. He was on a bike. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that, that dude was two years older than me. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't have a high school tragedy. We had a kid die uh, in a car wreck, but that was about it. I don't even remember his name. Anyway, fuck all that shit. High school's Yeah, over. but what do you <laughs> give Mary Lou? Man, I'm going to give it, there, with all its problems, and it, I, I feel like it's script. Well, there is, I read a story on this that there was a couple of scenes that were reshot once it got sold as pro- and retitled as Prom Night 2, but I don't yeah. think there's a ton of stuff out there. Like, it, I think it is as it is. Well, the story is awesome, but, it, you know, I think ultimately in the end it shits the bed and it knows it, so they just throw all the special effects at the end, which saves <laughs> the movie. And I'm going to, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I wanted... I wanted a lot more Mary Lou. I just love that actress. And oh, I no. Like up. I said, I, I just enjoyed her crawling out of Vicky's body. That was pretty cool. I think this is a Freddy ripoff movie. Nothing wrong with that. We need more of those. There weren't a lot. But um, no one's going to point that out unless no, they watch it now. No, but I did look this astri- uh, uh, actress up, Lisa Schrang, yeah. also in Naw, Food of the Gods Part 2. Yep. So that's yep. fucking super cool. Um, anyway, I probably, I give it high ratings. I'm going to give it three and a half out of four too. See? Anyway. Yeah. I'm going to go back to this more often than I, than I fucking usually do. So I think maybe yeah. I've only seen this a couple of times. This one complete it's, it's from 1987, the magic year, the best year ever. And it, I would always see it at the video store. Just never rented it. It's got great fucking artwork and it's something I damn near probably should have seen 30 times. It just didn't. Yeah, I think I've rented it a couple of times. I think I didn't rent it because I knew, like, I felt, I knew I I watched Prom Night and I did not like the first one, so I was like, fuck that second one. <laughs> Little mm. did I know, the second one didn't have shit to do with the first one. But yes. anyway, let's talk about movie that needs to have more sequels. Uh, the Video Dead. Hidden inside the house at 21 Shady Lane Avenue is a black and white TV with the power to turn itself on and come alive with the dead. The video dead. But for the new owners, their first warning may be too late. Why did you kill her? You don't know what you're messing with. 
dead, a new form and shape for zombie terror that invades a neighborhood and threatens the innocent, the unsuspecting, and the unbelieving. Nothing can prepare you. Nothing can save you. Nothing can stop the onslaught of the video dead. It's the late show to end them all. Look what's buried inside your TV. The video dead. Shot like is shot for like eighty thousand dollars or something like that. Well, everything I kept reading was like, yeah, they shot it for this additional like small change, and when they get they got like a lot more money at the end to go back and do more stuff because it was they liked what they saw. Oh yeah, they and this going is back and adding to it. Yeah, this is literally a independent film of that time. I just think they actually shot it on film. I wondered, I was going to ask you, because this could easily have been a case where this was a shot on video movie. Yeah, it it, it has that feel, it has that quality, but, but yeah, it's it shot not. on film. It is. No. I remember, when did you first see this? Oh, because I did not rent this. No. This was something like I found on the movie channel. I found this... I remember this was one of the movies that was a fever dream movie. Like I, I was, I like, I used to stay up like early into the early fucking hours of the morning to catch like a up all night. I yeah. think I saw this on like WGN or something. It's a very similar situation to the first time I saw Night of the Creeps. Three yeah. o'clock in the morning, half asleep, half awake kind of like remembering little bits and pieces, but not sure if I actually saw what You're I You're dozing off. You're trying to stay awake to watch yeah, it. Yeah, and I just remember this movie was like, I was watching it that way. Maybe it was on an Up All Night episode or something. I'm, like I, yeah, because I, I was going to say, I think I saw it. Maybe like, this was Saturday Night Nightmares. Movie channel Joe Bob Briggs when he was on there. Yeah, and I remember watching this vividly and just being – amazed i'm like this is weird and creepy and they're doing stuff and i just for a long fucking time i thought this movie didn't exist like maybe i dreamed it or something or i i thought you know this is before all the the shit we're you know have access to now i was like well this is something i'm never gonna fucking be able yeah to it's kind of like how i felt about galaxy of terror for yeah. years I'm never going to be able to find this. They'll never play it again. They'll, it'll just be half in my memory and half in maybe something I thought I saw. But I do remember goddamn loving the shit out of it. This does. This is a movie. It's it's very she simple plot. Um, there's a TV that accidentally gets delivered to the wrong house. Where, where yeah. was it? It was. Oh, it was don't forget. Do you know who the guy it is that opens up the door at the beginning? I sure do. I do. Yes. It's I'm glad. Bullshit artist. Yes. Yes. Fucking Michael St. Michael's from fucking Greasy Strangler, baby. Yeah. He's going to – better back up because Ronnie's going to dunk the dog. 
Because I was sitting there, I was started watching this, and I was like, because, you know, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Right. I, I it, knew after the Greasy Strangler came out. Yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm re I'm watching this, and I'm just like, I, I pause it, I'm like, is that who in the fuck I think it is? <laughs> like, one of those things. Maybe <laughs> gonna dump the whole dog, baby. Because it, oh man, I can't even remember the last time I watched the video dead. It, it, put it this way, it's been so long, I've never reviewed the video dead. Wow. I, I don't even own a copy of Video Dead. That's terrible, because I I don't own a copy, but I did watch it in HD. There it, is a Blu-ray. Uh, yeah, it looks great. It This is one of the movies, though, I will say, before getting into the plot. I like this movie a lot better shitty. Okay. I yeah. like it. it. It's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think this movie... The atmosphere works better if you watch, like, the VHS copy. I was going to say, it was probably because the film got beat up during the low production, low-budget production, because I was reading, like, they literally, for a year, filmed this movie on weekends. Um, Yeah, because they kept getting money. Yeah. They'd go back and do effect shots and stuff. But I think it's a very dreamy movie. And I think, you know, watching a VHS-quality copy just lends it better to something like that like chainsaw is a very down and dirty movie and it is only helped by watching the shittiest copy ever yeah no that's no reason to watch you know watch the cleaned up copies just as great but i think it works a lot better shitty yep but yeah it's a basic simple plot there's a tv that uh can zombies can climb through that's supposed to get uh Supposed to get delivered to what was they what they call the Bureau of Occult Research or something? Yes, yes. I just yes. kept thinking it, it, like, it reached it, what is it something like the Institute Institute of, for Occult Studies or some nonsense yes, like that. Institute of College Studies or the Paranormal Studies, something like that. Yeah, Institute of Occult Studies. I just wish I, I think Gilmo del Toro missed a golden opportunity to like have a funny little nod to this movie in the Hellboy movies where, you know, they've just got oh. that, that TV sitting in Hellboy's room and he's like, yeah, zombies came out of that once. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That, that would have been, been fucking awesome. great. But yeah, there's, uh, zombies are on the other side of this TV and they can climb out and take over. And the yeah, zombies... And some, and... some black and white movie, they only flash it once. It's like yeah. zombie something massacre. Oh, I didn't even see that. They actually yeah. named that? Yeah, they show it. It's real quick. It's like zombies, zombies death massacre or something like that. I wonder if that actually exists. Like, did they take a couple days and film that shitty movie? I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it was a short movie they first started, and then somebody else came up with the idea, like, well, let's do a whole movie around this movie, and that's how we get the video dead. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah, zombies can climb out of this fucking thing, and these zombies, they're not Romero zombies. They they want to kill you, they don't want to eat you, and they're weird fucking really kind of crazy rules of these zombies that yes. I really dig. Like, if they're around, bells will, if you have bells, they'll chime, yep. which is really fucking cool for some reason, I don't get it, but it, it makes sense. Uh, what are some of the other weird shit they do that other zombies don't, Tim? Uh, well, they also don't always, like, they're not eating the brain. No, they're not eating you. 
they eat a dog, they eat the one chick who's uh-huh. the dude's girlfriend, and basically... If, They're repelled by mirrors. Yes, if they see themselves in mirrors, they can't stand it and have to walk away. Also, too, uh, if you show fear, they will attack. If you don't, they're all for you. Yeah, you can just hang out and have a dinner party with them. Yeah, yes. And if you leave them alone, they go crazy and eat themselves. Yes. That is another rule, which is really cool. Yes, because the brother and the sister never did anything else except this movie. Right. Oh, I'm going to dub the the kid, the lead in this movie, uh, Johnny One Shirt. Johnny One Shirt. That fucking kid wears one shirt this entire fucking movie. I was like, and it keeps getting like shittier and shittier. And well, that was again that showing the low budget. Shirt. Because I'll tell you right now, most of that money was going in probably renting the camera and doing those effects on those zombies. Yeah, that the zombie effects in here are really fucking cool. These zombies are fucking rotten. Yeah, and there are only five of them. Yep. There, well, there's a sixth at the end, but he's originally. You watch the uh, special features and you know read about this movie. There, there were actually in the original script backstories for the zombies because the zombies all have like a gimmick. There's yeah. like bride zombie. There's like you know 1950s dad zombie. Yep. There's a uh, iron in the head zombie. There's like David glasses. Bowie's. Yeah, David Bowie zombie and glasses zombie. There's only five of them, but they crawl out. And uh, this this kid and his sister, uh, they get a new house. They're sent to them, to the house by the parents to, you know, kind of get it ready because they're coming home in a couple weeks. They're overseas doing something. Never really. And yeah, just, never They just say they're in Afghanistan for some reason. Um, and the zombie TV fucking shows up mistakenly. And it well, it, it's already there. They just decide to pull oh, it yeah. in. Yeah, they fucking kill. It kills the guy. Fucking Greasy Strangler guy. Yeah. A couple days go by, there's some crazy shit going on. Mr. Joshua shows up, who has been stalking this TV all the way from fucking Texas. This guy, I feel like it's LG from fucking uh, Chainsaw 2's, like, little brother. Yeah. He's very, like, that type of guy. He's like Lou Perry. He's bootleg Lou Perryman, only not as cool as Lou Perryman. He knows what's going on. The kid doesn't believe him. Um, eventually he does. They take him into the woods for some training. Uh, these zombies can be killed by like weird means. Like I said, they go crazy if they're left alone and eat themselves. They'll yeah, because you know. I was really questioning even again. I'm like, why are you taking a bow and arrow? Yeah, arrows <laughs> can air, arrows can hurt them. They're real dumb and they they fall for traps. And you have to decapitate them. Is that how you kill them? That's after you want to make sure because apparently they could get back together again. Well, they cut the bride's head off and she just carries it around. Yeah. But there's a it, lot of cool zombie yeah. shit in here. It's a, it's a very original zombie idea. Like this and, and the dead next door would go great on a double bill. Yeah, and plus I think what really helps is the box art was awesome for oh, this. And it actually lives awesome. up to it. Shit, yeah, it does. It's just a fucking fantastic ass movie. There's, I hate using the word atmosphere, but this has it. I, oh yeah, I, I love it. I, I do recommend you watch it in the shittiest copy ever. I love the zombies. I love all the rules that they have. I think there's, 
this is the kind of independent I like. Yeah, and this is the bare bones yeah. kind of independent that was going on during the eighties, and that was what was cool of this because it is a it is a shot on video feel shot on film, which is kind of an odd combination. Yeah. It's like you don't usually get that, but you do in this. Well, in terms of independent, I'm talking like. There's a lot of it, it, I think you'll, there's a lot of independent shit with no talent behind the, the fucking screen. Oh yeah. But this there's like so much ingenuity and talent and the makeup is great. You can tell that it outshines the fact that they have no money to work with. <laughs> and I think that <clears throat> excuse me. I think that plays in spades to how awesome this fucking movie is. And it also came out in the magic year 1987. I believe, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah it, it says did. 1987. This Robert Scott guy that directed it, I looked him up. He he never direct. I mean, he directed something else, but it's probably you know nothing we've ever seen nor heard of. It's called I don't even know what it's called. Rat Dog. <laughs> it doesn't even have a fucking poster. I don't even know what that's about. But he he worked in TV. He's on Jag. Yeah, I was going to say, is this the dude with the big glasses? No, 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 he's, he's, I'm talking about behind me. He's the second unit director. Okay. No, he's not, not an actor, but he did a okay. lot of Jag and Bones and shit. Yeah, he does a ton of TV work kind of stuff. I kind yeah. of am bummed that he never got another, he never did anything else. Like, I want, I would love to see what he would have done. But I love Iron in the Head Zombie. I think that guy's great. Maybe it was one of those things where it was like, okay, you did the video dead. How about you come out to Hollywood and, you know what I mean? Maybe. Like, you could start doing this. And it was one of those things. He was just doing what he enjoys. He wasn't worried about doing another horror movie or whatnot at that well, time. I'm trying to look up who did the makeup effects because it's unfucking believable. I don't know who did them, but goddamn. Everything about this movie, it's cheap as hell looking. But it outshines. The talent, the love of what they were doing outshines the quality. I think it's great. I'm going to give this a four out of four. What do you think about the video dead, Tim? I, I absolutely love it. Uh, it it's just, it's zombie. Fun, yeah, it's just fun stuff. I, I'm probably going to have to give it four stars also. It just, it it's, it. it's, it, it's in my wheelhouse. It's the stuff I enjoy. It, you know, I very easily, this would be kind of the thing I would, you know, if I'm in a store, video store, late 1987, 1988, I would love to have this with, like, Woodchipper Massacre or Cannibal Camp or Things or, you know, that kind of stuff. This belongs there. You know uh, what I mean? This I, think just, it, I think they're a little better than those. It is, but it, it has that has that quality of it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something special they caught here. Yeah. Something special. They na- Whatever it is, they nailed it. But yep. speaking of shit in my real house, what do you got for next week, Tim? Because I am going to be doing this movie I'd never heard of. I found it on the same channel on YouTube that I found the video dead. It's called Graveyard Disturbances. Yes. Directed by Lamberto Bava. Yep. It- I kind of skimmed through it on YouTube, and I, I was like, whoa, this movie I, looks up my fucking alley. Because I, and if it's the same movie, that, like I said, I bought it. Like I, 
it looks like what if Spookies met Curse of the Blue Lights. Yes, but the problem is I don't believe anybody dies. I believe it's like a whole dream thing. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm willing to rewatch this because I don't totally remember it, but I'm, I believe this movie pissed me off when I first watched it. I don't care. It looks great. It's directed by Lamberto Bava for TV, I believe. And I believe this is the movie – I might be wrong because I really haven't looked into it yet – I believe mm-hmm. this is the movie they're watching in the theater in Demons. Okay. I think. I know it has the one kid from Demons in it, but anyway, we'll, we'll find out next week. What are you covering? I'm going to be covering a Lance Henriksen movie called In the Spider's Web. I believe this premiered on Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, man, we got quality going on now. Boy. Yeah, I just, uh, just, I'm looking, like I said, I looking for something random and different, and... Uh, it has Lance Henriksen, so what can go wrong? There you go. What do you got to pimp, sir? Of course, you can always find me here at Bloodbaths and Boomsticks, grossmoviereviews.com, and of course, you want to purchase a book, please go check out lulu.com, go to the bookstore part, and you'll find Gross Movie Reviews books there if you put it in the little toolbar thing and just put gross movie reviews you'll find my stuff was soon coming the revised edition of gross movie reviews the big ass book found in charles band's magic fucking warehouse yep (laughs) uh anyway i got nothing to pimp don't vote for us for rondos everybody (laughs) oh god you got anything more to say who's gonna die next tim no every people that i'm not expecting as much like i said uh, it kind of didn't expect it, but I will say this, man. Didn't see Tobe Hooper going down. No, I didn't see that one coming at all. Somebody said it earlier on my Facebook page. Uh, it's not a good year for directors. Uh-uh. Hide, hide, <laughs> hide, hide your kids. Anyway, we're out of here, everybody. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all... Good things must end Call it a night The part is over And tomorrow starts the same old thing again I should have known you'd be behind this fiendish Dr. Wu Your knowledge of scientific biological transmogrifications Is only outmatched by your zest for kung fu treachery have you ever seen a spoon that large? No, not, not since breakfast. I do not for one think that the problem was that the band was down. I think that the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. Are you saying that I would cut off a chicken's head, put my dick in it, fuck it, and go, ah, you accuse me of fucking a chicken, motherfucker? No, I, I ain't calling you chicken fucker, but over there looks sex, sexually frustrated and I don't approve of chicken fucking. They're all gonna laugh at you! That's just about the finest man in the world. Except maybe for pussy. Best of seven? Damn right! Greetings from the humongous. The Lord humongous. The warrior of the wasteland. The Ayatuna of Wrecked Roller! We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course! The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. 
is one of the sacred relics Brother Maynard carries with him. Brother Maynard, bring up the holy hand grenade. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Never. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? Are you fucking crazy? We are closed. Off the air till tomorrow. You'll have to just come back. No, but, but yeah, but... Whoa. So this is Radio Land, huh? The infinite turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Am I the meanest? Sure, no. Am I the prettiest? Sure, no. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure, no. Well, who am I? Sure, no. Who am I? Sure, no. I can't hear you. Sure, no.